goal! Yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! Eat that! And another! Bing bang, stick it in! Thank you and good night! What? That was liquid football! Hello everybody, it's your old friends at Monday Madness and welcome to another exciting lockdown edition of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Uh, joined by your old friends as ever, Jonathan, Burkbot and Neil and lads, football is nearly coming home-ish. It technically is home if you're German <laughs> and other European countries that weren't affected apparently. Uh, but yeah, the Premier League is back soon lads, are we all excited? Yeah, Premier League and the FA couples back. Yes. Um, so the Premier League kicks off on the 17th, is it? 17th, yes. And the FA Cup is like pushed. 27th. 27th, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the, weekend, the weekend of the 27th. They've not yet decided whether or not it's on the 27th or the 28th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, actually, that'll be it because um, for us, that'll be we're playing on the 17th. We're playing Satay. Mm-hmm. And we're playing um, fucking Sheffield United on the whatever, the 27th or the 28th, so that'd be grand. Yeah, exactly. Two of the most uh, purest footballing teams in the league, uh, <laughs> Man City and Sheffield United, getting uh, getting all the loves into Arsenal. Um, yeah. So we, we'll, <clears throat> we will get into the Premier League uh, later on, uh, but first, shockingly lads, would you believe that uh, next week the transfer window is meant to be opened? But obviously it's been closed because uh, they can't do uh, social distancing transferring. But... That has not stopped the uh, British press from giving us some transfer guff, which is where we're going to start off this podcast. So, awesome. if, you're, if you're not familiar with the game, uh, I have taken two stories that are from reputable sources. See, we're doing video now, so I can do the, the air quotes. Uh, and I've also taken one uh, story or transfer, if you like, from my FIFA save file, which I dusted off to see if I could find any juicy ones there. And I did. In fact, this one is themed. These are all free transfers, seeing that oh. everyone's out of contracts. So, uh, feast your eyes on this then. Um, so my first story comes from the Daily Telegraph, uh, specifically John Percy, who's the sports correspondent there. And he's been reporting on uh, some of the innings, ins and outs at Chelsea. And uh, preferably the one he's been talking about has been Pedro. Now, Pedro is out of contract on July the 1st. And it seems that they're not going to extend it, even if the season's been prolonged a bit. So he's gone on July the 1st, it seems. And the club that they think he's going to is Napoli. Right, so Napoli think that they can register Pedro for the end of their season because everything's kind of fluid in terms of when they're starting off again, which is June twentieth, whatever it is, and they reckon that whatever kind of like pre-contract arrangements or unknown players they can get in, they might be able to update their match day squads. So the loophole they're thinking is that they could sign Pedro and have him play this season for Napoli, 
uh, even though he's already been registered with Chelsea. So uh, that story is Pedro to Napoli. Next story I have for you comes from the, the Daily Mail. <clears throat> and uh, they're talking about Scottish and Bournemouth superstar Ryan Fraser, who's uh, also had a contract uh, this summer. However, he seems to be, well, according to this at least, on the way to Turkey. Uh, he re- the Daily Mail reckons that Galatasaray is favourites to sign Ryan Fraser, uh, but only if they can secure Champions League football in their league. Um, otherwise, Ryan Fraser might look for a deal in England, uh, but they haven't said who. So, yep, Galatasaray potentially in for Ryan Fraser. And my last story then involves an Irish superstar, if you like. Uh, well, I say superstar, I mean Jeff Hendrick. Um, so he's also had a contract with Burnley. Uh, they're currently negotiating a deal, but there is a team looking to swoop in for him, and that's AC Milan. Now, this is coming from Sky Sports, and they believe that Milan was actually looking at him in the January transfer window because they've been scouting the English market uh, for players, and Jeff Hendrick's been on the radar since January, and they reckon they can get him on a cheap deal uh, because his uh, talks with Burnley have stalled. So, uh, <laughs> our three stories is Pedro to, to Napoli, Ryan Fraser to Galatasaray, or Jeff Hendrick to AC Milan. So, feast your eyes, lads. Which one do you think is the fake? I'm going to say Ryan Fraser to Galatasaray is the fake. I was actually going to... I was going to sling in with that one as well because mm. we've been linked with him more than anything fucking else. Yeah. You've Apart already. from maybe Coutinho, I think yeah, Ryan exactly. Fraser, <laughs> who I wasn't even particularly aware of uh, <laughs> as a player or as a human. And... Like he's just in every second tweet related to Arsenal these days. So yeah, well, since you've bagged it, I'll have to go for one of the others. Ooh. I think I'll go with um, fuck it, I'll go with a uh, shimmy to AC Milan. Okay, favorite. so Burpa, you're going for uh, Fraser to Galatasaray, and Neil's going for Hendrik to Milan. Okay, so my first real story comes from Sky Sports. And they are reporting that Jeff Hendrick is on AC Milan's radar and could make a free transfer in the summer. Neil, you feel, I'm sure you feel like quite a mug right now. Could you imagine an AC Milan player like playing for the Ireland national team? I mean, who would have thought it? Like, you know, we should be celebrating this possibility. I wonder if they can play horse lips in Italy. Um, I presume they can. Um, Tony would be proud. Indeed. Where, where is he now? Oh, yeah, probably dead. Um, my other real story comes from the Daily Mail, and they're reporting that Galatasaray are favourites to sign Ryan Fraser uh, what? ahead of Spurs and Arsenal, which means that my fake story taken from FIFA is Pedro to Napoli. And I just made that shit up about the Italian rules. There is no such thing. Um, they have the exact same squad uh, regulations as every other league does. Because I should have known because you went into so much detail. <laughs> Yeah, it was the detail that should have yeah. thrown off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he just fell into the trap straight away, lads. And uh, well done, if I may say so. Uh, one of my better deceptions. So, lads, let's get into it. Um, we have still a few topics to talk about before the league comes back. And uh, one thing we were meant to talk about but didn't really get into because, you know, we went two and a half hours last time we were talking has been uh, the quandary that is Newcastle United. So, so you know when we have like this kind of like post lockdown, new me, new like like live laugh love type that goes on. So the new me in this sense is Newcastle, right? 
they let they started lockdown with Mike Ashley, who's you know a cunt, Horrible. and they could potentially end the lockdown in <laughs> owned by the Saudis, which is a moral quandary in of itself. The takeover is still kind of in the balance because human rights like groups are going like, don't do this. And the takeover is going like, well, we're still doing it. Like, I can't hear a word you're saying. You're breaking up. And they're, uh, they're just working out the finer points of like what they want to do with Newcastle. I thought and, the reason why it was on the rocks was because the uh, WTO have judged that the Saudis are basically running a gigantic pirating operation out of Saudi Arabia. Yes. With all the streams that we have clearly never watched. <clears throat> no. Uh, <laughs> and basically they, they've decided, the, the WTO have found that all those illegal streams that we're all constantly not watching uh, are, are all actually funded by the Saudi, like the, the same people who are looking to buy Newcastle. Um, so I never, t- I never thought it got derailed. I hadn't you. heard that. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a recent finding, I, as I recall. I yeah, so don't I, think it's up there with beheading journalists, but like, um, it oh is no, fairly wrong. Morally, mm. it's not up there, but like, be aware, this is the FA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more on that later. <laughs> they, they really, really don't give a shit about people. Um, no, if you attack their revenue stream now, they're um, they're gonna come for you. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't. I genuinely don't think this will happen. <laughs> um, because yeah, purely because I, I just don't think the, the Saudis have got too much. People are throwing shit against them, like you know. Well, I'd say they could just throw like a truck full of money at the FA, and they're like, "Wait, what? What's a stream? I don't understand. I'll take your money." No, it it comes when the broadcasters are getting in on that now because the illegal streams affect them. And as we said quite vigorously in our last podcast, that like FA are basically clinically addicted to the broadcast revenue streams. (laughs) Yeah, broadcasters like that's their heroin supply. And if the broadcasters are like, you let them buy this, we're going to choke off the supply of money. Like, you're not going to, like, the FA are, I think the, something like the Premier League are, are they're earmarked to make, what, like 8 billion over the next three years? 8 to 10 billion? Thereabouts, yeah. Over the next three years? I'm going like, how the fuck are they going to do that? Mm. Oh, they're just going to blow out the broadcasting uh, contract costs. But if the broadcasters, because it's only really two or three of them, the broadcasters turn around and go, we're not going to pay you 10 billion over three years. We're only going to pay you two or three. Like, it's not as if the Premier League can shop around to other fucking idiots who are willing to pay billions for, you know, the Premier League. So, like, I I genuinely don't think this is going to go through, particularly with the WTO finding Mm. um, that Saudi's basically just state sponsor a like an entire pirate network. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think this will happen. It kind of says something that, like, it's not out of all the things that could like jeopardize a Saudi takeover of a club. It's not like human rights violations or sports They've washing. Never factored into anything. No, it, and that's like, that's <laughs> the more depressing part is that like that's not even really an issue here. It's the fact that like, okay, now you've interfered with a capitalist structure. Go get him, boys! Like you, you, you've upset the balance. Like it's like, I mean, it, it kind of shows you how like fucked up the whole system is. But it just shows you how like 
by and large how morally bankrupt the whole football system is. Like that's not the like the, the human rights thing now. That's that the, that the details. I mean, who, who, what kind of humans watch football anyway? That, am I right, lads? No, it's uh, particularly it's, ones who've, uh, particularly not ones who've been cut up into little pieces. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's not um, exactly the target market. No, it's he not. Who'd be terrified of beating Newcastle then? If that's like you know they look up to the stands and it's just like oh there's the owners we're we're fucked. Give us a clean sheet or you all lose the toe, boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of baffling though because like the, like the, the Saudis have been desperate for this type of club to to kind of come around because they have their kind of teeth into Sheffield United somewhat like their primary owners of that club. And they've been trying on and off to buy like a, a club like Man United, for example. But the Glaziers are just not home every single time they try and try and offer offer money. And um, so now with that, now that Newcastle's kind of popped up, like like it is in a way like an ideal team to do like a Manchester City, which is what they've been promising. If you're a Newcastle fan, if this total takeover goes through, would you be comfortable with the idea of being owned by such a horrific regime? But the possibility of actually becoming a Manchester City-like club, would that completely wash then after a while? Like it did with Man City fans, in a way. Well, also, Man City will... also, Unlike Man City, Newcastle fans... Uh, sorry, I think it will. It'll purely wash with them. Because they'll also have the added step up of not being managed by Mike Ashley anymore, which they'll actually see as like... They'll actually see like a bunch of mass-murdering, psychopathic, oil billionaire butchers as a step up. <laughs> it, from, it says a lot about Mike Ashley, doesn't it? Like <laughs> Mike fucking Ashley, like um, you know. I don't say what you like about him. I mean, I do think the guy's a deplorable cunt. Mm. In my knowledge, he's not had anybody caught up in his front room. <laughs> we'll have to check that, obviously. Um, but uh, let's just assume that's not the case. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I, I don't see them. I don't see the Geordies getting. I, I think. Enough can be, I suppose, said about football fans that we're so desperate to see football back that we're risking people's, you know, health to get football mm. back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as someone who has some human rights violations of some names we can't pronounce in some area we don't even know how to locate on a map, the, the average football fan won't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's that's kind of the the sad point about it is that of course again people will play devil's advocate and go say well why didn't you uh, raise a complaint when you know someone like Stan Kroenke took uh, charge of Arsenal or why I, when, I have uh, raised several complaints about that country. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, I do get that, but on a on a on a as more... I'm wearing the Arsenal new kit. Uh... <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's okay. Nice. No one no one can see you. It's fine. It's all right. We can pretend that didn't happen. We can edit that out. Um, <laughs> We can just have you like wearing a black shirt or something like that. We can key you out like in Zoom because it makes you look like you're in the middle of the ocean or something. It's grand. Um, but yeah, like and it's, we've always like football has always had questionable owners. Like uh, fucking uh, Berlusconi has owned the AC Milan team for so much long time, so such a long time, and then suddenly the Chinese like big businessmen from everywhere have suddenly like just bought into clubs and flooded them with money. So in a way, like it, the the morality of it doesn't really like take into account. But as Neil said, now in a way, the Saudis have kind of fucked up with the streaming aspect of it, where they have been taking the money out of the pockets of the broadcasters, who ultimately are the kingmakers of the situation. So 
in a sense, like it could fuck up the takeover, but I still do have a feeling it'll go through because I think this is a general like want for it to go through from like all parties. They just want like they like everyone's looking at Newcastle going, hmm, yes, let, let's make Newcastle a thing again. And just the the enticement of that will just be too strong. Well, the fans just don't want Mike Ashley anymore. I mean, like the the fucking like Newcastle could be bought out by a tin of spam and they'd be like, yeah, spam! Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag announced spam. Oh, my spam kind of looks like my Gashley. No! Oh, the takeover is over. <laughs> Hashtag awful rules. Well, <laughs> that's just the point. Like, the, in all fairness, if this all... <laughs> Newcastle fans are in a bit of a quandary because... On one hand, they could be taken over by a bunch of mass murdering, amoralistic butchers, and on mm-hmm. the other hand, they might still be in, might might still have in charge of their club, an amoral, uh, money hungry fat cunt who doesn't care about the club. <laughs> so, like, it's a bit of a rock and a hard place situation. That's isn't it. it? Like, like, yeah. But you want to be taken over by a psychopathic murderer, but he'll give a shit about the club's success, or you keep being keep being managed by somebody who doesn't really give a shit about the club but doesn't murder people uh, that we know of that we know of we do have don't know yet i tell you he kills them prices tell you that um, <laughs> jesus i can't believe i said that uh, edit that shit out yeah, um, yeah, but, yeah uh, but yeah that's yeah. the thing i'm mean, like funnily enough actually i saw a picture there the other day somebody went uh, the, you know, you know the sold signs outside of sold houses. Yeah, that the real estate agents put up. Yeah, somebody nicked one of them and stuck it outside St James's Park. <laughs> Actually, that's good. That's right good. At the, right at the wall that says St James's Park. So right. <laughs> <laughs> that's banter. That is good banter. That was two months ago, actually. Sorry, Jesus Christ, I'm just looking at the date. I'm like, oh, oh, oh I'm say, it, it's been a while since we even had to talk about Newcastle, like, because it's just been yeah. nothing happening. And um, if it does go go true, as like fans of other clubs, would you be kind of looking over your shoulder and thinking Newcastle might become a big deal, or do you still feel that they might just fuck this up? Oh, it'll be a few years. I mean, they'll do a city. You know, I'm mean, like mm. or Chelsea. I'm mean, like Chelsea for the first couple of years were total catch, even though they were bringing in the likes of fucking Andrei Shevchenko. Um, Jesus, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fucking hell, and Michael Ballack. Yeah, like they they just they just bought in like prime real estate and, and it just never worked out. Like like Shevchenko it was, was not. It was, all, it was all prime real estate that were fucking shot. Yeah. Ballack had, had no legs, but yeah, the side. I was surprised he didn't fucking wheel him onto the pitch every night. <laughs> he had literally nothing. He creaked when he ran. Oh, poor um, bastard. Same with City. It's like City just... The first four or five years of the City... In fact, actually, the first two or three years of the fucking City with Pep. Uh, yeah, didn't really work out, mm. You know, and to be honest with you, they've not won the Champions League considering the billions that have been pumped into the club illegally. And there's a high chance they'll be kicked out of the Champions League for the next two years. One well. can only hope. So, I mean, there's a good case to say that the experiment has not succeeded. It'll never succeed until mm. they win the Champions League. Because that's yeah. the marker of success for not just Pep, but his owners. Yeah, indeed. So, 
And it's also the fact that, like, it's, again, Newcastle kind of turns into this another, because it is just, like, a competition between Arab Springs now, isn't it? Like, it is, like, like Qatar has PSG, Abu Dhabi has Man City, and now the Saudis have Newcastle, potentially, or another club. So they're all going to be looking at, like, well, our, our dick is better than, is bigger than yours, and here's the proof. And it's going to be to turn their club into their, basically their, I guess chess piece is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is that like the whole because I've I've read a wee bit of the report because the Premier League were given actually an advanced copy of the WTO report. Mm. And what's hilarious about it is that the Qatari uh, piracy was actually done to fuck over. Oh, sorry, the Saudi Arabia piracy was done to fuck over the Qataris mm. because the Qataris have the big in sports. Yes, that's where uh, that's where they. Uh, uh, caught wind of it because yeah, not really caught wind of it. Of it. Now, yeah. B in sports is actually a legal channel. They pay something like half a billion quid to the Premier League for overseas rights and shit like mm. that in the Middle East. Yeah. So the Saudis actually created a program, oh sorry, a, a station called Be Out. Be Out, cute it was. Yeah, yeah. Which is basically just like a live stream of Be In uh, channels. So the fact that in order to try and get in and fuck over the Qataris. They're going to be undone by a mechanism they use to fuck over the guitarists. I think it's just <laughs> ah, like it's that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah Although, like, shit. I don't agree with nations owning clubs um, as a general rule. Mm. Um. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Uh, even just the, the cheekiness of the name. That's good. Yeah. B L Q. <laughs> That's it. I, I wouldn't mind if it was just like some like some like teenager, like some sort of teenager in his bedroom who has a really good Wi-Fi. That's doing all this, but it's the fact that it's state-sponsored, and that's the name they went with. Nothing more like surreptitious or something like more covert. They literally just went like, "No, this is be out, God, man, that, that was so good. Top banter, cut his head off." Uh, but still, they'll keep the name. It's really good. Uh, but yeah, it, it's so weird. Um, there's a part of me, I, I don't know what you guys think about this, right? In terms of like how Newcastle could go, this new Newcastle could turn out. But obviously Steve Bruce is not long for the job um, because I get the feeling the Saudis will look at Steve Bruce and go, just, you, you just go by yourself, right? We'll, we'll, we'll pick up your stuff and just leave it outside and you can just... Go write it. some novels. <laughs> if, <laughs> could you imagine if you write a fourth novel they, and it's just magically Arab-themed? <laughs> So I picked up my Jag from Qatar, and it was lovely, but I only had three wheels. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then towards just... That, towards that, the murder weapon is a scimitar or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still an Irish lad that gets killed in the end. Like it's, it's, uh, it's always an Irish lad. It's always an Irish lad. Poor Pat, poor Pat Duffy, man. <laughs> gone too soon, yeah. like. Gone too soon. But no, uh, I get the feeling that Pochettino is waiting on a call for this Newcastle job. Am I going crazy here or is, is he kind of biding his time waiting for this to pop up? I think Pochettino's had enough of the Premier League. I think he wants to go back home. Hmm. It's like what happens for a lot of people who are introduced to Spurs for any long time. They just end up hating football. Much, I mean, yeah. let's look at the evidence. Like, you know, I mean, every, every Spurs manager since then has not played, has not watched football ever since, you know. Yeah. I mean, Andre Villas-Boas, he's a French football, which doesn't count <laughs> because it's just PSG and a few other teams. Uh, yeah, exactly. You, you, your your point's kind of on the on the money there. Yeah, there, um, was, a, there was an interview with a uh, Potter by the Guardian there, and uh, like the main quote they ran with, which is, "I'm so happy Jose Mourinho is replacing me." <laughs> and, uh, I I found a lovely double meaning in that. Actually, it's just like 
The only way I would be happy with Jose Mourinho replacing me in anything is if I was about to step into a fucking bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I you mean, can see his points. Like, I mean, it's it, but it's the whole thing about Spurs is just so completely, unbelievably, like soul destroyingly bad. I mean, I actually deliberately missed a professional development course for an hour that I was meant to do today on structural engineering, because the case study they wanted to do was the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, yeah. I don't, no, seriously, I got, I got the meeting invite and they were like, oh, do you want to come along to the structural engineering thing? I was like, actually, yeah, fuck it, yeah. Well, I always wanted to have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it a show. Oh, that's great, because they do case studies and it's all great. Oh, really, yeah, that's great, yeah. What's the case study there? Oh, I think it's some football stadium. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I'm in football. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, great. Get the meeting inviting fucking Microsoft Outlook. Bang. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I was like, ah, decline. <laughs> <laughs> I do not need to know the architectural, structural integrity of a cheese room. I was about to say, with, do you know what to know about the cheese room? That's the most exciting part. Or the, or, yeah. or the beer pumps that like pump the glasses up themselves and the, the wide open rooms I, that people can watch the players go. Empty. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it would literally, if I had actually gone into that kind of that kind of meeting, it would literally just have been me endlessly sitting there going, and where's the trophy room? And, where's the, <laughs> and how is that built? And, and why did they feel the need to put that in? Why did they feel the need to put that in? Where's the trophy room again? <laughs> oh, what uh, one hour of me just fucking trauma. <laughs> Spite is a magical thing, lads, isn't it? Um, so it's so fucking good. <laughs> okay, so that's enough Newcastle talk for the time being. Uh, Bert Bob, you have yeah. uh, you have been uh, have self assigned yourself a new role on this podcast, which is to be uh, our uh, Bundesliga expert because you have access yeah. to channels that we don't. Um, Legally, obviously, just to be clear, in case the Saudis are listening again. Um, so, De- Bergman, what have you what have you learned about the Bundesliga uh, since the lockdown? Have you enjoyed the football? I'm so starved of any sort of sporting entertainment, but I'm really enjoying it. But I really enjoying of the Bundesliga playing, and I've seen some of the kind of mid and lower table teams playing, which you wouldn't necessarily get a chance to see at any other time uh, or I would never really look to watch at any other time mm-hmm. um, but yeah no it's, it, it's been pretty good uh, matches have been pretty end to end there's been decent drama despite the fact that there's no crowds I know people are complaining about the, the empty stadiums but I don't know whether it's just years of watching women's football I'm very used to quiet stadiums <laughs> and football so I, I, it makes absolutely no difference to me at all so um Love that self burn. There was a brilliant amount of spite in that. Yeah, there was, in fairness. <laughs> um, no, well, some of the takeaways that, uh, that I would take away uh, would be um, I suppose with some of the Premier League teams, like the big teams, like Man City going to play Norwich, you're going to expect some sort of annihilation there. But mm-hmm. you're, it doesn't seem to have been like any sort of hammerings it seems to be all quite end-to-end um I know it's a, as well it's it's going to take into like consideration the players are obviously coming back from a, a 
time out and they haven't been training pr pretty much but there is that kind of um uh kind of like people are making mistakes at the top level people are doing fantastic things at the top and the bottom levels and it's been really really entertaining it's just been yeah, really good i, I kind of noticed that as well i tuned in for about 80 something minutes of the dortmund munich match um and uh i think past like minute 70 the amount of players that were going down with cramp was yeah. unbelievable it was like somebody was in the fucking stands with a heavy machine gun <laughs> yeah like, they like were you're, you're allowed to make five subs um and not every team has yeah. five subs to actually make yeah um uh, but it is um it actually does make the difference because you can see uh when coming into the last 20 minutes of that Bayern Munich Dortmund match is when you could really see the legs were heavy on on like the lads the the, you know, the erratic long balls out the fence because they were just too fucked to try and pick a pass. Uh, and then they were starting to roll out the subs and it actually made such a big difference. Like People came on. They, they have a good kind of Jaden Sancho coming on as a sub. It's going to make a difference in fairness. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, it's been really good. Uh, I decided at the beginning of this I was going to pick Clone uh, as my team to kind of support based on their badge which has a goat on it. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go with them. Um, and so far, they have... <laughs> trust me to pick the team that is going to be the heart attack team of the fucking <laughs> uh, They. You've only yourself to blame here. You've only yourself to blame here. You could have picked anyone else. You could have picked Munich. Uh, you could have picked anyone. No, no, no. To be honest with you, like, Cologne was actually always a good one because of uh, the Podolski link. The Podolski link, Oh, yeah, yeah. fair, yeah. Yeah. They always supported and kind of cheered for Poldy, even when he was at Arsenal and stuff. So, like, oh, I did kind of know that. From there he is. He's absolutely worshipped at Cologne. I could see they'd kind of need him because they're they're kind of uh, lacking at the top. Um, they have the league record of last minute or late goals. They have scored seven goals this so far okay. after ninety minutes this Fucking season. Hell. Not bad. I'll take that. Um, which I suppose shows their never give up attitude. Um, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, they went two two nil down, and I was like, and in the eighty ninth and in the ninety fourth minute, they scored to like leave it at two two. Um, some teams that I've I've kind of been really surprised by the kind of standard uh, were the Remen, even though they're kind of down the bottom of the table. Oh, some of the skills on them, and I'd say there's going that, that team is going to be picked to shreds from kind of big clubs in Europe mm. because they've got some serious youth players going on. I I can't really name names because it's in German. So, uh, <laughs> well, like, um, a, that was such a Philomena Conk line, by the way. It's just like, it's like I said, we can't really call the names here because they're foreign and they're in foreign. <laughs> Um, <laughs> now that's good if they actually produce some really good names because we have a very good link with Werder Bremen that's where that's the team we got Big Pair from yes indeed yeah signed him from um, yeah, no, it's been really good um, but yeah the, the uh, Nordy decided he was going to support um, Hertha Berlin because <laughs> that, does, that does sound good in his accent actually now that you mention it uh, the first match he watched was against Union Berlin, and he hates Unionists. So, um, 
<laughs> Does he know that um, Union Berlin is the people's club and that... Oh, fuck me. No, never mind. No, Forget about it. No, yeah, just the word oh, union had him triggered. Um, Tan. But, uh, they've actually been quite entertaining to watch as well. So Hertha Berlin, um, we've seen two matches of them. And yeah. They're doing good. We well, have a vested interest in Hertha Berlin because our boy uh, Marco Grujic is bossing it over there. Yeah, he he's part good, of the he? world the other day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. What I will say is, um, I'm liking learning which kit is which, um, and I'm liking. I, I actually am kind of doing a bit of homework, even though it doesn't really sound like it. But um, I like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kind of looking into league tables and kind of seeing form that like this break has thrown form out the window quite considerably. Mm. And I think that can be expected when the Premier League comes back because you've got uh, Leverkusen were kind of pushing uh, for the top four, but they were play- like in, in the live match this evening, they were shopping. So yeah, um, yeah no, uh, it's been really interesting. Um, what I will say as well, VAR is done well. Um there's been a few decisions that have been overturned in terms of offside goals and it's done within 30 seconds. The ref runs off, um, like has his own little screen to run to and within 30 seconds has made a decision and it, like they've all been spot on. Uh, bar one, uh, which was a red card, he had originally given a yellow card um, and then I do think it was a harsh, like straight red, but... That's just my opinion. But is it, is yeah. it one of those things where, like, you're like, oh, I could kind of see how we came to that. I wouldn't have. Oh, yeah. No, I think as well, it could be just the difference between the Premier League and the Bundesliga. Like, what would kind of go for as a strong yellow card? Yeah. The Premier League might, like, it was a straight red in the Bundesliga. So I think some of the things like that, yeah, kind of have to get used to as being a different culture. Hmm. It's just as well that the uh, pr- uh, the Bundesliga started up now because after like one round of matches, it's over. Uh, <laughs> with uh, Bayern Munich beating Dortmund, putting them seven points clear, so it's it's over now. So yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's good. Cool. We can all go home then. Yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, points. Uh, in, in fairness, it's very tight up at the top in terms of Champions League places and uh, relegation. Um, since the break, some of the teams have dropped down. Like I said, where Brennan is down there. Clone, um, despite ridiculously late comebacks, have kind of got themselves into trouble. But like, I can see this being a very topsy turvy time for teams. I don't think, mm. like I said, form has kind of gone out of the window, and players are getting injured really, really easily because they've had such a long break coming back into it. Yeah, I read somewhere there on the Athletic now. Um, somebody, I think it was oh, our, the Ornacle. Yeah, give us free shit. Um, free subscriptions, <laughs> lads. Thanks. I think it was the article I was reading that report by the I, I don't know because it's in foreign is even like sprinting for a lost cause or anything like that yeah no it was just kind of done and like oh I'll just make this kind of decoy run but uh, yeah I will say um, things to kind of take from the Bundesliga um, and apply it to the Premier League is that I'd say there's going to be loads of injuries and that five sub rule uh, it will definitely be needed, but it's definitely going to work for more teams, like some teams more than others. Yeah, there was a uh, a question kind of flying around there, uh, the general internet and social media spheres, like, um, you know, this will be a very good time to kind of road test uh, new rules for the Premier League that, you know, rules that they thought, oh, we could try it, but we're not going to bother. 
And uh, but yeah, they were all saying that the five sub rule might actually wound up being kept on after all this blows over, because it would be more yeah, it'd be beneficial to teams with bigger squads, mm. but it would be more beneficial as well to youth players as well, because if you've got a couple of youth people on your bench, like you know, somebody gets injured, another guy you know is on a yellow card, you know they're two of your subs. No, and then anyone know. who has appearance uh, clauses in their contracts, like they're laughing. Exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. But so. well, it, it does make a bit, a little bit of sense because I think there has been like information, or at least there has been like studies done that the that the game expends more energy than it has done in the last couple of years, and especially now because at least from a tactical point of view, uh, like running is is one of the more like emphasised traits of a football team. You know, whether it's like Guardiola style football or Klopp style football, whatever it is. Like especially if those two are taken as examples, like the the main like function of those two teams is fitness. So if you have to expect like isolated and you have all these fixtures coming in, like especially like look at Liverpool for example, uh, with the fixture congestion we had this season. If we had a five subs rule in place, we probably could have managed those fixtures a lot better. Or better yet, we could have given ourselves an excuse to maybe sign one or two more players to add to squad depth or maybe even keep some of our young players. We could have kept the likes of Gruich or uh, Harry Wilson maybe and say, no, <clears throat> because we have a facility to give them uh, game time, you know, we can actually manage these fixtures a lot better and then they develop better as players. So I, I, I'd be inclined to say that the five subs rule is probably something that has should have been done like a, a while ago, really. But well, it's just like it just never came up in conversation. Yeah, but you can say the amount of fucking effort we had to get in just to get the extra sub for extra time. Yeah, exactly. Like that was a song and dance for no reason. Like um that was like fucking pulling teeth. Getting that yeah. out of the fuck. And yeah, it, exactly. it just made per- and that was something that made perfect sense. You know? So mm. I, I reckon that like the kind of like you you'll see a bit of new rules kind of flying in here and there because yeah. they wanted to protest I- this for a while. I do like the the muted celebration um, of a goal uh, that's happening because you can't uh, congregate and you can't hug and you can't kiss. Um, the goal celebrations are very muted and they do a lot of elbow tapping, which is... Um, <laughs> hey, Dom. <laughs> it, it, it actually just gets the game going a lot quicker. Um, yeah. And I do like that. I think it's... Um, yeah, you, you, kind of, you like muted celebrations on like... You you know not I was gonna say run of the mill goals, but you know not important goals like. But if if you like if you headed home a ninety third minute winner in a cup final, like mm. you, you're going bananas, man. Yeah, in fairness, <laughs> like yeah, it's all it, relative. Man. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, like yeah, go for it. No, go ahead. Sorry, I couldn't. No, I was about to say the thing about the the noise thing there. Apparently, if you're if you're watching it via an American. Uh, method. Um, <laughs> uh, they're they're doing like reaction noises for like they're piping in, not piping in obviously to the stadium, but as yeah. you're watching it, they're doing like reaction noises. So just obviously a guy there with like a tweet deck or a stream deck. Yeah. Like, whenever the ball, whenever the ball goes out for like a throw or a goal kick or something like that, just like a oh, measured applause or appreciative applause. <laughs> Can you imagine if he presses the wrong button and it's just like massive chance for like an offside? Yes, offside! <laughs> the J-League have cr- come up with an app that um, fans can create their own um, 
cheers or chants and then they send it into the speaker system in the stadium and there's a profanity filter on it so like it has to be legit Um, but it apparently like there it actually sounds like it's proper like crowd noises that's Gunthorpe fuck then yeah <laughs> or like yeah, like Scunthorpe is out, uh, Stoke City, they they can't they don't count anyway. Um, yeah. they're 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 a curse on football, so which is the German team that had the that had the fans that could pay like eighteen euros to have like a cardboard cut out of it was a uh, Munching Gladbach, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Um actually it's a, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit off topic there, but um uh, that's been done in Aussie Rules football. Yes, NRL. it has. And yeah, somebody, <laughs> some fans have like tweeted in pictures of themselves, and somebody tweeted in a picture of Dominic Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and they've taken photos of it on like the, the the camera, and they're like, "He's even got the fucking Sydney now." <laughs> My eyesight. <laughs> like Cummings doesn't give a shit. Nothing but, uh, tests your yeah. eyesight like a nice drive to Sydney. Like I've been um, there. Like it's a lovely, it's a lovely drive over to sea. You know, S- Sydney Roosters. So yeah, yes. so one Sydney Roosters fan with a very good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, well done, well done, Ben. And a, mm. and a can of coke to you, sir. Um, so I suppose you're kind of like your your final thoughts about the Bundesliga. What's kind of uh, who or what's really impressed you? overall from the Bundesliga now that's come back. Has there any players that's kind of caught your imagination? Well, um, there's a match going on right now and apparently your man Kai Havertz is ripping it up. He's just scored. Oh, I just turned it off. Um, I will say uh, Munich's uh, wing-back, uh, uh, Davies, is it? Alfonso Davies, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, he's unreal. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh, he, a lot about him. Um, I, I just, yeah, he just uh, was really good the other night when I was watching that match. Um, uh, there's a couple of Oot. Oot is the one uh, for From Clone. Oh, yeah, Clone, sorry, yeah. Um, and Berkey for Dortmund, even though he got lobbed from like 30 yards out. Uh, um, yeah. Berkey bots have to stick together. Um, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such well, a I have call. to admit now since you've um, because you were pinging me and not just you but everybody who knows me uh, or has played football with me has been pinging me about the goalkeeper howlers oh yeah <laughs> so my what's impressed me I, I've gone back and watched them all uh, hence why I'm on the triple strength G&T right now <laughs> <laughs> In particular, the mistake. What was the mistake? You had seen it, and you were like pinging me constantly about it. What was it? Was it the keeper saving it with his balls? No, no, no. I fucking not. So I've done that myself. Was it Noble, the guy yeah, that's uh... one where it apparently because my friend I'd seen that, and it actually it would probably count as an own goal because he saves the ball, it squirms through his hands. Hmm. And as he goes to try and get a fight. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think yeah. it was Neubel, yeah. Was it Neubel? I think no. so, yeah. Uh, German name. <laughs> I think it was because, I think they were slagging him off because uh, Munich have already signed him and he's supposed to be the heir apparent to Neuer as uh, Munich number one. 
So everyone's kind of slagging him off, going like, oh, look at that, look at that. Look, the next uh, Manuel Neuer there, lads, you know, can't even save a ball, you know, top banter, you know. Because uh, that's always very funny to slag off a goalkeeper when they've done a massive fuck-up. We've never done that now, so I don't know what it's like. <laughs> um, no, VAR uh, <coughs> being done efficiently is weird, um, but it's very impressive. Um, uh, yeah, and that's my takeaways. Uh, actually, kind of to segue slightly, um, the Bundesliga uh, runs the first and second division in Germany, and the German FA run the other leagues and the women's league. And to get the uh, Frauen Bundesliga up and running, they needed uh, money that the clubs couldn't put together. So the Bundesliga men's teams put up the money for the women's league and for Division 3 to get up and running with COVID testing because mm. it was cost of the testing for the next few weeks was going to, like, they could probably do a couple of weeks worth of testing, but to get the, to finish off the season, none of the women's teams or Division 3 would have the money to get all the COVID testing that's needed for that. Yeah. So, um, fair play to the Bundesliga. All the men's teams propped up the cash to get the leagues up and running again. So, well done, Seb. Yeah, that'll be definitely. up in your card, will it? That will um, be mentioned again, yes. Yes, <laughs> almost that certainly. Keeper, that keeper's name was Jarstein. Ah, oh, was it? Okay, I was thinking of something it was, else. It was shaky, whacked it. Bottom right, he saved it, and then it squirted through his hands, and as he grabbed for it, he pushed it into his own fucking goal. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see that in the Premier League, lads. That's when you know football has truly come home. Yeah, Pickford's been doing that for ages. Yeah, exactly. He's not the Pickford of the Bundesliga. <laughs> he's not. He's been T Rexing it into his own fucking net for ages. I've got although um, apparently Pickford has competition for small arms with Berkey from Dortmund because uh, Thomas Muller has said that the lob that was scored against Berkey in the Dortmund match was practiced and practice and practice in the days leading up to the match because, quote, their goalkeeper told them, Berkey has small arms. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Um, and I, I think he fucked it. Uh, he fucked it up. Because from what I see, because he gets his fingers to it. And what I yeah. think he tried to do, rather than try and like stop the ball or claw it out, he actually tried to hit it over the goal. Yeah, so he tried to palm ball, it over. He tried to actually, like, he was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get this with both hands. So he tries to actually palm it over and fucks it. Whereas I think if he just tried to stop it dead or tried to get it wide... If, it if he had locked his wrist more, like, because yeah. when you're pushing it up, you're kind of, you've got your wrist at an angle it's a that doesn't really stop it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. You, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's that's what I, I looked at that and I thought because when people were talking to me about it, oh well, people I've heard people talk about it and hearing them talk about it, it was like oh fabulous lob and it was like I really do think he just I think the keeper like it's a good lob, yeah you know he gets a great weight on the ball and it's a good arc but I genuinely think the keeper fucked that I think he could have panned that wide or he could have actually stopped it in midair, which would have resulted in the ball dropping in front of him in the box, which is really something you don't want happening. You don't let the ball bounce in your own box. You've got mm. Lewandowski and you've got Thomas Muller to pounce on it as well. Yeah, and Kimmich, I think Kimmich was still running at him as well when he made mm. the ball. 
Um, so, but yeah, like if you do that, if you stop the ball and your defense don't pick up the runners, nobody's looking at you. Do that. Yeah. But I, I think he fucked it by trying to palm it over. You just couldn't get the uh, human wrists. Don't work like that. No, nope, they do not. <laughs> T- take it from a goalkeeper, lads. He knows his stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, lads, um, let's go to more familiar shores, shall we? Uh, the Premier League has uh, sealed its intent to come back. June 17th, as Neil said in the intro, is the magical day where we get to see all of the football. Um, yeah, one week after the La Liga, they're scheduled back on the 12th. Yes, indeed. And uh, it's uh, obviously it's, it's great to see for us because now we have things to talk about on our favourite podcast. But uh, what are your thought, guys' thoughts on this? Like, obviously, we were talking last time out about like how... I suppose morally the right thing to do would be to, to kind of stop the league as it is. But obviously for monetary reasons and various other like issues, they can't do that. But well, if Dominic Collins have... can go for a drive to test his eyes, then surely 11 men can kick a ball around a pitch. That's true. Like, I mean, <laughs> they could all wear like, if, if needs be, if that is such a concern about eyesight, they could all come out wearing like Edgar Davids gear. And uh, then they can start like personalizing a bit. Like, can you imagine like what a Bamiyang fucking like, Gear would be looked like. Or, uh, He's already got his face masks. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he can start. He can like adapt it. Like, you know, like you like, can make a mask out of a shirt. Like, you can make goggles out of his mask. You know, it's, it's, it's working. <laughs> it works out perfectly. We can get Firmino can have a mask that's as bright as his teeth, and use it to blind his opponents. Uh, what do I think? Well, look, we've said before that we don't think it should be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was any other country, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, we've no issue with the La Liga restarting or the Bundesliga restarting uh, because like they handled the pandemic quite well um, people are still dying like fucking record numbers in the UK so people the thing long story short people are going to die as a result of this mm. yeah uh, I think they tracked a lot of the hot spots after the Atletico Madrid uh, Liverpool Yes. Champions League game, and you know they they they've openly stated, yeah, I reckon a fair a fair amount. I reckon like people did die as a result of that game going ahead. I think the majority of cases in Liverpool alone are based off that match, yeah. and that's that's not even including all the Madrid fans who have been who have gone and travelled since. Like a lot of those yeah. fans would have been coming from London as well. So like yeah. it's all gone down the spine of the country, like. Exactly. So people have died as a result of this, and people are probably going to die as a result of this. So it, sh- it shouldn't be happening. But it seems that there are some, for uh, amazingly for the FA, they're going about it in the right way. Mm. They're kind of creeping into it. Um, fuck knows what they'll do if there's a second spike in um, mm. coronavirus. Once happened in South Korea because they opened their schools last week and they've had to shut them all again. Yeah. Oh, so they've reintroduced a lot of the. Uh, restrictions that they uh, <laughs> lifted a week ago. A week ago, like so. Can you imagine how those poor fuckers are feeling. But um, look, it's gonna happen. So buckle in. Like it's not gonna affect us personally because we're all Irish. <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> I uh, as crew. I mean, I know we're slagging other people off for being amoral, but like it, it shouldn't happen. But it's going to. So mm-hmm. yeah. You're kind of looking at um, now, like how to limit the damage that will be caused. It's not the case of like getting rid, like stopping the damage. It is a case of limiting it. And yes. um, that you know, there's still kind of 
working out the details of, well, are they going to be played in neutral venues? Are they going to have to all be one base camp, etc., for the next, for, like, for the end of the season? Um, and they still haven't ironed out those details, which is quite worrying. Um, yeah, it seems like they're just going to barrel into it and fucking hope, hope for the best. Yeah. Um, I've, I've read there that the police have asked that any of the games in which Liverpool could potentially win the title in take place in neutral venues to prevent... Yeah, yeah. And um, secret neutral venues would probably be the only course of action there. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, fans will gather. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing, like, they have to be kind of smart with what they decide is a neutral venue. Uh, because the way I look, the way Everything. I see it is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, no one's going to pop up with Everton, are you joking? Um... But hey, in all say, take it from an Arsenal fan now, winning the title at your derby rival ground. I, I wanted I wanted to happen. I do. We we've won the league at Anfield, actually, in fairness. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have. Once upon a time, yeah. You did. Um, but like I said, it's it, it is a kind of thing where like if it makes complete sense to do that, because look, I, I, I can speak from experience. Liverpool fans are a very emotional bunch. They have been <laughs> <laughs> after after what happened with Atletico, they have been obviously like they've got their warning. They got they've been spooked into like you know behaving as it were. Uh, I assume they are anyway. I haven't heard anything otherwise. If if they were misbehaving, I'm sure their son would be on like a fucking rash about it. But uh, but in all seriousness, like the the sheer fact that it does have to continue right means that okay, we we're taking this kind of calculated risk of letting football happen but the risk is involving the players and everyone involved in the clubs and they're going to have to have strict rules. They're basically living in biospheres like they have been with the likes of the UFC and all other uh, companies who are really, maybe shouldn't be doing this, but they are anyway. Um, so in that sense, just even from a risk management point of view, it makes so much sense to have Liverpool play at neutral venues. As much as it hurts, not to be able to say, lift the trophy at Anfield or win the league at like Goodison Park or somewhere else, like in the end, like it, it won't matter to Liverpool fans once we fucking win it. Like, it's win win the league at Milton Keynes. Doesn't matter. Fuck it. We can <laughs> we can we can win it at Tranmere Rovers. Like let's win it on the fucking bog that we have our women's team play on because yeah. that means so fucking much. Like in all in fairness though, like it depends on where the neutral venue is because they have to get the balance right between. Okay. I actually love that idea of having to play at Tranmere Rovers because be they can have to deal with the shit pitch that the women have been subjected to all season. We do a friendly there every even, year. We know exactly how bad it is. It's probably still waterlogged, despite this fucking heat wave. <laughs> heat wave, yeah. <laughs> They're still like... The heat waves just burst all the water pipes underneath it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, they've all expanded and then like cracked and all more water. It's actually more <laughs> waterlogged than ever. Yeah, but because of uh, because of the outbreak, old Trevor, who uh, has been tending the pitch for fifty years, has had to self isolate. So no one's doing the drainage. So now it is pretty much just an aquarium now in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, somebody yeah. else has to go out there and stab it with a pitchfork. Yeah. Afford, it'd be great now if the match happens and you get slide tackled by an axolotl. That would be pretty good. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, like I said, if they have to get the balance right between what they decide is a neutral venue, because they want to like, you want to have somewhere where Liverpool fans can't travel, right? So you want somewhere f- like fairly far away. 
but also somewhere that is not like it's too it's too much if someone is positive then the team or on the staff then the concentration is a nightmare if you're going from like one end of the country to the other so you could say like it might make sense then to say like you if you're going with liverpool and say everton okay let's move them down to london like who how many liverpool fans are going to be in london he says stupidly but you could go over somewhere more remote. Why not go for somewhere like Cardiff, for example, which is not as far away, but like it's feasible you won't get any Liverpool fans congregating outside Cardiff Stadium. You know, you can do things like that. Um, especially as well, they have to kind of decide, which, as you said, which matches to pick because I think the Manchester Derby is, uh, is being like, uh, put into that list as well because they're, they'd be afraid that like, well, fans will congregate outside. They'll take it on a game-by-game basis because if we beat City... Um, your next game, you'll win it. Is Everton? Yeah, yeah. So, so mm. you'll have to take it. Like, if City beat us, then all right, then they probably won't focus too much on the. Oh, well, actually, your game against Everton's the fucking derby, so they probably will. Yeah, they uh, have to anyway, regardless. For derby games, they'll have to. But yeah, they'll take it on a game by game basis. But it, that's just something I saw and I read, and I was like, oh, that's actually a decent enough idea. It's yeah. funny that the, the police are doing that. It is, and I, I, a lot of it comes from there's because there's been kind of this back and forth between uh, the mayor of Liverpool. I mentioned this last time about uh, about how he doesn't want to have like football or other things in the city until like a, basically a vaccine is there. And of course, like he, he's not going to get his way. But I think this is a nice little happy medium where like you're minimizing the risk of something actually happening because you're not going to get a title celebration until everything is clear. You're not going to get like fans congregating. You're not going to get a crowd at Anfield until everything is fine. So he's happy in that sense. But Liverpool, the club, are also happy because they still get to play and they still get to complete the title like running, as it were. Um, so in a way, like both sides are happy, even if it is just like it's a bit dubious whether they should, they should do it or not. But as I said, like, I think every club wants to just get it over and done with as well. Bar Karen Brady, who's scared of like losing all of her money going into the championship. So you can kind of see where she's coming from with that, though. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, because they, they don't like rampant testing then for the for the for the players, and uh, the numbers are like relatively decent compared to like what it could be. Like their 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 positives are like less than one percent, and I think even if you just include players, I think only four players are positive in that. Uh, so in a way, like whatever kind of like system they have in place work has worked, but at the same time. You can't really know if, like, if you're taking a risk, then having them play and potentially a sleeper, like someone who may not have been diagnosed, start spreading it. Um, yeah, that, another good thing I, I think I quite like, and I hope to keep it up, and I hope you really get vigilant about it. It's not demonizing players who are choosing not to play. Yeah, definitely. So I, I completely agree with that. Um, funnily enough, for a fan base that collectively have the IQ of a squashed apricot. Chelsea aren't going after Kante. Now they're going after him because he's black, but they're they're not going yeah. after. Because they're not going after. They're not going after he's refusing to play because he doesn't feel safe. Yeah. But similarly with Troy Deeney, um, you know he's refusing to play mm. as well, and it really says something when you know you're losing the moral high ground to fucking Troy Deeney. Mm. <laughs> Top road, Troy. <laughs> what? Top road, Troy. Um, yeah, so that's that's what what I like about it is that they're not demonising those players who are choosing to stay away. Yeah, um, because 
the government, the UK government, have tried very, very hard to uh, scapegoat players like football players. Mm. Um, so not scapegoating <laughs> football players, <laughs> scapegoating football players. Yeah. Ty Walker. Ty Walker. So scapegoating uh, football players. Surgery. Or surgery. Uh, the hat trick. Um, so scapegoating football players who are taking their wages and and are deciding not to play would just be the easiest thing in the world for anybody to do. And that mm. they've not done it, I think, is actually quite good. And I hope they keep it up, and I hope they remain vigilant about it. Yeah, I, I do feel like there is at least some degree of like generosity because, like, like they, perhaps they may have realised that even though they're on like exuberant wages and they're like living the dream job of like millions of people worldwide, like at least they're not driving two hundred and sixty kilometers to test their eyes. Yeah, that is at least a, a, a point in their favour. I think it's fair to say, and um, they're not that bad. But as I said, like the, the, they're only flying to Paris and having sex parties, but that's okay because it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's outside. Uh, that's all that matters. It's their problem. Yeah, the, vir- the virus can't speak for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's been true. It's, it has been proven actually. Yeah, uh, which is, it, it's good for a lot of the, the the international players because then they don't get it. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, like it, it's curious because, uh, in a way, like it feels like they they have it's it's kind of weird feeling like they they kind of got away with it in a sense because it could have been the case when the first few set rounds of testing happened there were positives everywhere but it was because there's a small amount they went like they kind of looked around and went like we kind of got away with this lads we kind of it kind of shows you how like the the clubs were kind of almost really kind of prepared for this sort of thing how the players are kind of isolated as it is. From even like even for for something like Atletico Liverpool, like the fact that we came out with no positives in the whole globe so far is is a blessing from that regard. Um, so uh, moving on, then uh, we were talking about the Premier League, and obviously things have been very fluid uh, with everyone else in the English league. Um, league two is cancelled, and uh, League one are still they're deliberating whether to cancel or not. Championship want to go ahead because money. Uh, but something else is, uh, has had, has been axed, and that's been the WSL, Bert Bob. Um, I can see you like biting your your lip there. You're kind of uh, <laughs> you have opinions on this matter. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I have quite have strong. We, have we got a bleep function on this channel now because I think we, we need- don't. We really, uh-huh. really don't. So people are going to get this right down the pipe. Go for it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, so uh, the WSL was cancelled, and I can understand, you know, if you're going to cancel a league, you know, do it early so that the players aren't kept kind of in this kind of quasi pre season kind of limbo. And mm. um, what made this decision for the FA is purely based on money, so it was not financially. Uh, profitable for them to run the league, continue running the league after um, the extended break. So if they had decided that, you know, earlier on that they were going to do something similar, it would have been feasible. But because they bided their time and basically um, took so long to make a decision before they even, you know, it was on their list, like way down the bottom of their checklist to get to an organizing fix. And because it took so long to get there that they just run out of time to actually come up with any sort of financial uh, plan to get it back up and running. Um, The reason why it had to be cancelled, I would imagine, uh, became a huge factor was um, 
the way women's contracts in professional football work is that they're on a year or two year basis and they usually start and end in June. So because the Premier League or sorry, the FAWSL decided, like took, didn't decide, uh, had they made a decision at the beginning that, yeah, we're going to postpone for X amount of weeks and then we're going to start back up, they could have put a stay on the contracts. So the contracts could have been paused or extended by mutual consent if the players wanted to keep playing. And I think that would have been quite favourable for players to keep going unless mm. they had an immediate move ready to go. But You can essentially do anything with a contract as long as there's mutual consent. Exactly. Like, anything with it, like, you know. But it got to the stage where you've got players coming up to the end of their contracts and they're being offered to go to a league that's actually back up and running. Mm. They're, you know, you're going to take it. You know, you're not going to play out the rest of your contract that has been prolonged, kind of, sort of, but not officially because the FA don't care about women and haven't made a decision yet. Um, okay. So um, I, th- th- there is, I think, 11, or sorry, there's at least eight players in the Liverpool team uh, that yeah. are coming to the end of their contracts in June. So that would be a big deal for them because they don't know if the season's going to continue or are they going to be straight down to the championship. Because, yeah, uh, we've actually, know, we announced today actually that Sweet McCurk is gone and Arnie Price is gone as well. So they're both yeah. already, uh, term, their co- contracts are terminated, that, that, which is good uh, in a way because they can now look for a, a job elsewhere and hopefully... Uh, yeah, and they would be, they'd be quite eligible, I suppose, on the market. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Especially Price. Price was great when she came in. But um, you, this is the issue: is that the Premier, the FA, kind of left the FAWSL with no choice because they just put it on the long finger. Um, according to uh, Susie Rack, uh, in the Guardian, um, the FAWSL clubs weren't consulted; that they had asked for consultation and had uh, like re- repeatedly asked for some sort of meeting. Uh, with the FA. Now the clubs themselves had meetings among the clubs but when it went it, the only like last week the FA actually briefed them on any sort of detail which is just makes my blood boil mm. which we'll come to later. Uh, but the cancellation means that there are players who played their last game for their club back in February. Some of them played their last game for their club back in March. Some of them are left leaving the club uh, trying to rehab um, and not having the because they haven't had access to gyms or equipment or proper physio or anything like that have aren't on rehabilitation schedules uh, and it's just a like a massive massive fuck up on their part. Mm. Uh, you've got three clubs that have as of today uh, furloughed players: um, Reading, uh, Bristol, and uh, Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham are paying full uh, wages to anyone who is injured because they have a couple of players, like ACLs, as we've mentioned before, are Mm. epidemic in themselves. Um, So there's a couple of long-term injuries like that in the club. So they're paying their full wages, but everyone else is being furloughed. And that's just to get them through until next season. Where this kind of, this whole COVID-19 has showed that clubs are, um, clubs that are well-backed by their, like pairing men's clubs like Arsenal, Chelsea, Man City, they are largely unaffected. Where the kind of effects will like hit us is players leaving um, 
cut at the end of their contract. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Vicky Schneiderbeck is a possible player to be leaving us because she's at the end of her contract and she was unsure of what to do in, when this whole thing happened and she moved back to her home. Uh, and so she is, she's Aust- Austria, I think. So she's, uh, yeah, she's in Austria at the minute. Like, whether she'll go into contract talk, she, like, she put up on an Instagram post that she'll see what the future holds for her. Mm. It's kind of... Um, um, just a quick question there. Do you see a kind of exodus to, say, the Frauen Bundesliga from... Do you see kind of like a mass exodus out of the FAW cell to other leagues now? That's a good question. Oh, um, I know. Sorry, just uh, again another cross. Apologies. Um, I know that the the Yanks have they they're doing the some challenge cup thing. Yeah. They're so the a tournament or NWSL got um like particular sponsorship to complete their season as you would by doing this kind of mini uh, like round robin type tournament. So they got outside sponsorship purely to get the players through a sort of season. And they like some, I, I don't know the brand off the top of my head, but they just came in and said, you need to play football. Here's the money to play that your tournament. Off you go. Like let's, let's get women's sport up and running, which is like, be the first sport in the U S up and running hmm. women's football. Um, and which, like, <laughs> I, I did mention this the other day, but the, and I mentioned it earlier on, with the Bundesliga uh, sponsoring the Frauen Bundesliga to get started, um, there was calls for international uh, broadcasters to pick up on the league, and they were basically selling it as there's so little sport on, there's so little competition that you will get views on this. Even if it's women's football, people will still turn tune in. Um, and the only international broadcaster to take them up on their offer was BBC Alba. Jesus. Which has the rights for a match every week. Uh, they're not doing, uh, it's not just, they're like match days aren't just weekends. They're like match day, uh, like during the week, weekends during the week. But they have five match days, a match from each of those match days. Um, and it's in Gaelic commentary with mm. English co-coms. Um, so not bad. Could be worse. I I I don't have access to BBC Alba, uh, and I I am raging because they do show like um the Scottish national team, and they do mm. show the women's football quite a lot. They'd be quite quite like our TG Car. Um, yeah. They sport, so um, I would always try and give them a a watch if I could. Um, but with the regards to people moving out of the WSL. I wouldn't be surprised if the thing like the women's La Liga would start attracting more players to that because it's becoming more of a competitive league. You've got your FC Tatong, which is basically Real Madrid. Mm. Um, uh, Barcelona are up there. They were in the Champions League finals last year. They're in the last eight this year. They're like up there again, one of the best teams in Europe. Um, and if anything, I can see that as a growing league that players might want to give a try to. Um, but again, it's always going to be the American pull. Uh, we've already seen, uh, as of today, Villarasi uh, from West Ham. Uh, I definitely have not pronounced her name right. 
uh, has just been signed by Houston Dash. So, um, yeah, that's a, a big player mm. in the West Ham team moving to America. And when you see, when players are looking at their football association, forgetting to schedule appointments for them, um, not listening to any of the club's requests for meetings or any input for weeks and weeks and weeks and then just cancelling it. Um, and then you see other football associations that do their level best to get women's football up and running first so that they can use it as a promotional platform. Yeah. Yeah. I Like, why wouldn't you want to go play for the Farm Bundesliga? Why wouldn't you want to go to America? Like, I know, you know America is kind of the big pull still, but um, I do think the kind of... Um, the FA's kind of facade of we promote women and we're going to, you know, get Phil Neville to win the World Cup for us um, has kind of been shown to be the fraud that it is. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it, it seems to be your conclusion has very much that the WSL bubble has burst. And in a way, it, it, the reason it's burst is because they had such a, they made such a song and dance about promoting the game, but not actually... Yeah. It wasn't a systemic approach to it where, like, they said, like, okay, well, no, you keep, like, it said to clubs, well, no, you can you can invest as much as you want in it. Like, it, it, we're not going to do anything about it because this is your pet projects. This is all, this is all your little, like, side gigs, if you like, as opposed to saying, like, oh, here's a league structure, here's prize money, here's a TV deal, here's sponsorships, and now go. Like, like they have done in America with, uh, with P&G sponsoring the Challenge Cup, as Neil said, and somewhere like the Frown Bruns League, who have actually, like, truck and try to get a league going because you know like well people are going to just want to watch need football regardless they don't care who's on the pitch there is going to be a market for this regardless yeah, so exactly. the fact that, um, yeah, you know the, like, uh, I, sorry I was reading there that uh, the Bundesliga reports that like the classicer between mm. uh, Munich and Leverkusen that got half a million viewers and that's five times more than what they normally get five times mm. more than what the first leg of that got so like People are obviously just going, I'll fucking watch anything. Yeah, exactly. Point in hand, I'm watching it. Um, I've also started watching, I watched the Frauen Bundesliga in its first match back today. I've been getting live updates um, off camera uh, of the FC Sand match, Mm. uh, where Irish player Diane Caldwell is losing. Um, But... uh, (laughs) I'm just potentially (laughs) put him under pressure. Sorry. Uh, But no... um, I would say, like, when you see competent FAs put money and invest in a product that the men's teams care enough to actually put money in to keep it going, that shows you the commitment that they have. Uh, And when you think about what they would have needed, what the FAWSL would have needed at the beginning of this is Mm. less than a week's worth of Ozil's wages would have paid for all of the kits to get the league back up and running. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the, the fact is as well. The delay, yeah, because of the delay, and then the like, you know, the payments that would have had to be made to alter contracts, etc. The price to get the league back up and running at the end of the what was it, eleven weeks of hemming and hawing, uh, was four point two million. Mm. And the FA just said we we're not promote we're we're not going to get any money back on that, so we're not going to invest in you. So we're just going to cancel, and to even cancel the league without any kind of instructions as to how it's going to actually finish. Is it going to be? Is it there? Just going to be no champions? Are Liverpool going to be relegated? Mm. Um, 
uh, and like there's going to be interest from like Liverpool are lobbying not to be relegated because that's, that's really they right. haven't played all of their matches right like mm. they haven't played like every single team like once and that's going to be their argument that only 71% of the league has been played how can you possibly relegate us but in, I just think it would be a great statement for the FAWSL to relegate them and to show them that yeah you need to fucking invest in your team and not have them play in puddles Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, they'll do well. But it's the same at the top of the table as well, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, if, if it finishes as it is, uh, Manchester City win will have played a game more than Chelsea. If you go on points per game, Chelsea win, Manchester City second, Arsenal third. If it's weighted points per game, it's still the exact same. It's Chelsea at the top, Man City, then Arsenal. Yeah. Mm. But Chelsea haven't played Everton, who are the up-and-coming team of the league, which is kind of where people are kind of saying that they 100%, like every team who played Everton could have lost against Everton this year because they were so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. City City are one of the claim that they've played every other team uh, in the league. Um, So therefore, like, they could say that they've properly completed a season, Mm. whereas Chelsea (laughs) don't. Yeah. Like but said, anyway, whatever Sorry, what I was going to say was, what kind of amazes me was that the logic that they would have had to continue the Premier League uh, in terms of like, the money and the logistics and someone has to win, like that that logic still holds up for the WSL in that like there has to be a winner, there has to be a loser, whatever it is. It's solely because they just weren't bothered to put in the effort and let them play. They weren't bothered. Like, but, like okay, you can say like they, they, they couldn't sponsor the money and all that. But it's purely the fact that like they didn't want to do testing for the players. They didn't want to do any sort of neutral grounds or set up some sort of infrastructure. They just saw it as too much work. When feasibly they could say, well, we're still deliberating over League One and the Championship and the Premier League. They're using that as a sort of an excuse for why the FWSL had to be axed because they're going like, well, we axed League Two. You know, like that's, that's low stakes, isn't it, comparatively? We, we axed the conference. I mean, we're not going to play the youth games for the rest of the season. Come on, guys. Like, give us a, a cut us a bit of slack here. But it's like, we can't cut you a bit of slack because you've been pushing this league, or at least pretending to push this league, since you had Phil Neville in this job. So you've used him as this sort of a bizarre PR stunt to get people to pay attention to women's football for better or for worse. And now suddenly you're backtracking on all of that because it's too much work for you now even though you're happy to pick up the free bonus PR points from like record attendances and Frank Kirby's coming to Chelsea and everyone's watching it on the FA player. You've done all that work. And then suddenly because of a, because of extenuating circumstances, it's almost like it, it, it is the adequate excuse they needed to stop pretending exactly. to like women's Yeah. Football. It's like they've been waiting for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah no, no, you do it. Get back yeah. to the kitchen. Lol. Um, <laughs> Well, I will just finish off with uh, if they choose to completely void the the season, um, which is still an option, which means it will reset to Arsenal being champions again, which Mm. for us, yay. Um, But it also wipes out our record attendances. So we hope the record attendance builds. Um, Fucking wonder goal from Kin Little um, mm. the, we've also got record uh, the record all time goal uh, like 
goal scored in a match is uh, 11-1. Again, that is our record. But also within that match, we also have record <laughs> 10 contributions to goals from Vivian Medima with her double hat-trick and four assists. That will all be wiped from the record books. But in um, all fairness, she, didn't, she doesn't look like she'd be too upset by that. I, don't I do think, think that notice. would rattle her. <laughs> I think she might, she might frown slightly with that. Um, but no, uh, just I suppose we can segue into CODs now because I've pretty much said my piece on the CODs. This fella Ronaldo is a COD. I don't care what he's going. I thought he, yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Lord Lubbock, he's the guy who ran away and left his wife for a young one. Is that um, I, FA have tried to push themselves as being this, um, uh, you know, super, you know, equal, pushing women's football and look at all the investments we're doing and just to be shown, uh, no, we actually don't give two flying fucks about women's football. Go fuck yourselves. Good luck. Yeah. And they don't even mind being exposed in that regard. I think they're just seen as like, pff, they won't notice. Like, yeah. They're going like, lads, why are you care about women's football? We need to figure out what happens to Portsmouth. Like, Portsmouth are a big deal. Like, it's, it, League One is a serious business. Like, Oxford United, their players haven't been paid in two days. We need to get them looked at, you know. Of course, let's not forget as well that the FA have done fuck all to help any clubs that are in financial distress right now with furloughing staff and having no bailouts and no, like, negative bank balances. Like, practically, like, thanks to the FA and the complete negligence of, like, clubs... Like, the F- WSL is going to get wiped out. Like, let's be fair here. Like, it's, it's, it's going to look very unlikely that, like, the teams that are in the WSL will continue to have a franchise, like, either next year or the year after. They're going to, those clubs are going to be looking and going, like, like look, let's, look, let's take Reading for, for an example, right? They're not looking good in terms of, like, both their men's and women's teams. So if, they, if, the, if the choice has to be made over, like, what are they going to call first? Like, are they going to side for the men's side or the women's side? You know, they're going well, to have to make those their women's team this week. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's like, oh yeah, you guys are furloughed. We're going to get the government to pay your salary, blah, 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 blah. Also, you can use the Majeski Stadium next year. Yeah. Um, which I actually welcome as a fantastic show um, to get the, maybe it's because it's not being used as much because they're not like playing in a lot of matches in the Majeski. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, the women have equal access to the Majeski Stadium and with that. Yeah. I think I win already, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree with the FA in fairness. Like it's it, that's a solid deal already. Like uh, Yeah, it's already got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we went for the FA last week as well, so you know, fair it's fair is fair. But I, I'll try and change our minds here, right? Uh now, as a Liverpool fan, I try and resist the urge to put Manchester United as my card every single time we do this. 
but I've got really good reasons for this time, right? This is fucking brilliant. Oh, it's, because they, it's because they sue football manager, isn't it? And you're a nerd. Nails on the money here. Right. This is brilliant, right? I was reading up on this today and I just couldn't stop laughing at it, okay? So, once upon a time, the legal team of Manchester United wrote to Sports Interactive and Sega separately saying that they are suing them because they have uh, incorrectly used their trademarked likenesses, right? Now, what does that mean? That means that they have been using Manchester United, the name, uh, illegally, according to them, right? Now, typically when that happens, like this happens every now and then with some teams. Like They, they sometimes don't like their like names being used. So, like, Schalke, uh, historically, was never on football manager. They used to be called Gelson Kirken. Until recently, football manager had like a blanket agreement with the Bundesliga to feature them. And Did recently, Liverpool try and trademark the Liverpool. Yes, that was that was they were trying to trademark Liverpool FC because there was there's a few other like feeder clubs in Liverpool with similar names. And in order That's to try and sell, <laughs> no, uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Um, so <laughs> see you in a few months, Timo Werner. No, um, there. <laughs> The problem was that they, they had to secure the rights of they were trying to secure the Liverpool rights the rights of Liverpool FC so they could sell them onto like games like Pez and other things so they can use their likenesses more and it's just a sponsorship deal. It's a very cynical way of doing it and I don't think it was really it wasn't it was very much frowned upon and thankfully it stopped dead in the in, the, in its tracks. Just another one of those weird FSG things they do every now and then. Uh, but the Man United one is weird because their issue is that with when you're going to use the likeness of Manchester United, right? If you're going to use it, you have to use the name and the badge, okay? And that's weird in itself because uh, football manager don't do badges. Like their way around the copyrights is that they're they're just like uh, clubs in name only. So instead of saying like Liverpool FC, they just say Liverpool. Or if they want to say Chelsea, they wouldn't say Chelsea FC. So they're they're kind of sneaky about how they like they get aware around the. The, the legal proceedings. Yeah, but it's an unenforceable city name that they use. Yeah, exactly. Like the place you can't copyright that. Precisely. I do remember back in the day playing Pez and uh, they didn't have the rights to Arsenal, so it was North London Red. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't it, uh, also, Juve were like a Piedmont or something like that. Yeah. Piedmonte, yeah. And they reused that, they, they recycled that name then for FIFA this year. So Juventus in that game is called Piemonte Calcio, and they have a pretty sick-looking jersey. I'm not going to lie; they actually printed the the jersey off FIFA because people liked it so much. It was like black on pink. Yeah, it's gas. So, in order, so then the idea of this is, and it's a really cynical approach from United, right? Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to sue Football Manager for only half using their likenesses, right? And the reason they're doing that is because they can put the two together legally, which means they can sell then the name and the badge together for licensing purposes, in the same way that like Liverpool like sell their stuff on for Pez, right? So they're exclusive they have like exclusive access to the Liverpool team through Pez. And Juventus has done the same uh, with Pez. Therefore FIFA can't use it and Football Manager can't call them Juventus either. They call them something else. So it's they're United are trying to edge it on that. But the problem is that they're doing it in such a ham fisted approach that you kind of have to laugh at it in that like their argument is that we're going to sue you for not using our copyright enough. Okay. Oh my God. Like that's the, the argument fuck? really. That's the argument is that like, you're not doing it enough for us to, to make money out of. That's the problem. They're not happy with the fact that they can't make a dividend out of it. Right. And this is dangerous because if they do that, then that opens the door up for every single club to sue football manager for the same reason. 
So literally yeah, every club... Laws all of a precedent. Precisely. So if they do that, then football manager cannot lose any football like club licenses ever, which means that football manager essentially stops existing. Um, and I do mean that because you can, you, like the savviest amongst us will say, well, maybe they can just use a mod. No, United know about the mods. They know about the, the database edits and they're saying like the mods will include that. So if anyone uses like, makes like a, 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 like a, a, a gamer, like makes a mod to put United into the team, then that's included in this lawsuit that they can't put United into the fucking mod even. Let alone that. Shite with the fucking mods. What if somebody like creates a badge crest of where the fucking the red devil in the United crest is deep throating a huge cock? Can't that would be that. Well, no. That, you see, here's the thing. You see, they can't because that's legally distinct from the Man United crest, so they could get away with that. In fact, <laughs> I, mean, I actually the original, the original I, doesn't have this huge black four foot cock in it. I, <laughs> so therefore. <laughs> So like they could they could actually work with that like in fact I'd actually rec- I'd actually encourage football manager to do that like like hide a phallus on the on their magnetic crest because it'd be technically legally different from what they've been sued for but mm-hmm. I just love the logic was that like in order to to be able to sell Man United like as a package deal to like games and other like fucking sources of media they had to they had to put the name and the badge together to sell it and then they can sue people over it. Like it's that's such ridiculous. a that it that's a so shit house. Especially yeah. considering that like they're doing this, and it was pointed out by a few of the people that the reason they're doing this is because they're like recording massive losses, uh, loss and profits. Sorry, I should say not like losses, but their profits have been dwindling over the last couple of years. So the reason they're doing like tactics like this is in order to recoup funds and try and sell their club as this like juggernaut again. When let's face it, the juggernaut has been slowing down for quite some time, and not only are they kind of in denial about it, but they're trying to do juggernaut tactics. Like this is something that Liverpool in our current state can do because we're attractive enough to games like Pez to achieve licenses. Likewise, Juventus, Barcelona, all these clubs can do it because they have the power for it. United don't. You know, this is like if Bournemouth started like suing football managers. It's like, fuck off, Bournemouth. Like nobody, you're there. Like whatever. Like, you know, it'd be the same kind of thing. So the, the fact that they had to try and pull this like tactic off with, let's face it, the number one sports game outside of FIFA is just fucking cheeky. Like, let's be fair. Um, I, I just loved it because it, not only was it, did it make for a funny headline, I thought that was just it. It was just like there was, they were just being arseholes. But no, they were being arseholes on a legal level, which is somehow far worse. Because <laughs> then they could basically destroy football management games overall. You know. And that game has been making like record profits uh, since this COVID nineteen, with people trying yeah. to quick sim the math, uh, quick sim the league to see like yeah. <laughs> what would actually happen. But the, the thankful thing is that, as I was reading on the article, they uh, the uh, the attorney solicitor for Football Manager made the very salient point that people in Man United have credited us for their scouting system, as in they have used Football Manager to scout players. Like, yeah, Sir, um, like Sir Alex Ferguson did yeah, back in the Ferguson day. Ferguson used it before yeah. uh, a Europa League game or something like that because he could not heard of the other team. Yes. So he looked them up on Football Manager. Exactly. So they've, so there's there is this ad- admission from like United it's staff that they've used it. United himself has backed them before and now they're, they're throwing that in like Football Manager's face. Oh my God, ridiculous. 
Yeah, and and you know the great thing is that like the court, the the case is very much dead in the water. Like the QC is saying, like, well, you know, I don't really have a leg to stand on here because their argument is flawed, obviously, because like the reason, like, basically, their argument was like, well, every other team is team is cool with it, and they're not doing any harm, like, like, like football manager aren't making any money out of your name. They're literally just going like, well, like, here's the team, here's the players, you know who they are. There's no likenesses, there's no like. Uh, like details in the club, I knew that shit. So you really don't have a, a leg to stand on, which legally I believe is called a Gemma O'Doherty. So there's precedence <laughs> in that regard as well. Um, so it's, it's not looking good, lads. That's all I'm saying. Um, I hope. So me- I hope for you know sanity's sake, um, they don't get away with it. No, I, as far as I know, the case is a moot point. It's just like it, I don't think it'll even get as far as a, as make building a case to football manager it's just a very flawed idea overall so thankfully uh, football manager is safe for another year <laughs> um maybe they can be sneaky and like bring back championship manager or something and just keep doing mods for 0102 <laughs> just keep working on it that way like um so neil um as always we saved the uh, the best to last uh, what is your cards this time my card is embittered former players slagging off their former clubs and also on the other side of it the tag team of Tony Pulis as well basically Mm. lots of people have been crawling out of the woodworks to slag off Arsenal um, in much the same way that lots of uh, transfer guff has been crawling out of the woodworks (laughs) to liquid Arsenal despite the fact that we have no money Uh, but we're going to sign uh, Party and Coutinho and Kai Havertz. They're not getting Havertz. We found them first. Fuck off. So we, other, we found them first. So many other fucking people. Um, we should probably have a, maybe a bit of a talk about the transfers, but in any case, like that. Yeah. But all the latest one is obviously Cashley Cole, who, for some weird reason, I'm like over the last couple of years now, he's had um, quite a bit to say about Arsenal fans slagging him off about his departure from Arsenal. Because basically, like the, the key one is his admission that like he was driving. He, he wanted sixty grand a week off Arsenal, which back then was fucking that was a huge amount of cash, particularly for fucking left back. Even if he was actually for quite a while the best left back in the league, mm. um, uh, so he wanted sixty k or sixty sixty five k or something like that, and Arsenal offered him fifty five. And apparently the, his agent was on the phone to him in his car. And when the agent said, oh, they're only offering, they're, they're offering you 55. He, this is his own quote. He said he nearly crashed the car. <laughs> so that's the one people rag on him about. But um, so he gave this big fucking huge long interview to the one person who will never ever question him, which is Gary Lineker. <laughs> uh, basically. <laughs> Yeah, shiting on basically about how real reason he left is because he saw the team being dismantled in front of him and that the winning culture and all the shit was going out the window and all this crap. And um, he, he made a real point. He's like, oh, when I saw like Henri leave, I kind of had to think, you know, I, I better, you know, I, I might want to think about getting out of here as well. And this is quite curious because uh, Cole left the year before Henry <laughs> went to Barcelona. <laughs> so I was like, we, we, uh, maybe it's because we were playing Ace Attorney during the week, but I sense a contradiction here. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, Objection! 
Ejection. <laughs> Similarly, falling into this uh, time plot hole is Tony Pulis, who's been uh, quite, but who went almost partially viral um, around Twitter with his quote that Vieira apparently walked up to him and said, oh, we always hated going to Stoke. You know, he always hated going to Stoke because he always got a bad time playing in Stoke. Mm. Uh, the, you know, and, you know, Pulis is quite big about this. Ignoring the fact that uh, <laughs> more beer, more beer, more <laughs> rascals beer, please. More beer, oh, fantastic. This ignores the fact that Vieira had left English football three years before Stoke had even gotten into the Premier League. So, uh, of course, you know, Pulis was shouting out to somebody who never actually questioned them because they'd no idea about time. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so there's my cards. So it's like. So your cut, your cut is basically a football equivalent of didn't happen of the year award. Yeah, it did, did not happen of the year award, basically. Uh, or like, I think the cuts would actually be those like uh, I'm going to use air quotes here journalists <laughs> who are interviewing these pricks because, like, any sort of going into an interview with someone, you would have these facts in front of you, yeah. like dates mm. and stuff. And even if you didn't, like, there's definitely like markers there that they should have you know pulled the tread on but they're like no i'll just leave you with this tread bear jumper here um well that, i suppose that's the reason why like cole was interviewed by fucking gary lineker of all it's people. a it, it's an actual it's not a journalist it's a it's it's a chat between two footballs it's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like, a between two games like if he'd have been interviewed by say like amy lawrence you know i don't think paxman <laughs> did you did you threaten to sign for Chelsea? <laughs> did you threaten to sign for Chelsea? But I, it's a I simple question. Did you threaten to sign for Chelsea? I, I don't think he'd have gotten as good a time off Amy Lawrence as he did off fucking uh, Lineker. He'd know? be too. He'd be too afraid of a knowledgeable woman to yeah. ever, you know, go <laughs> into that interview. That's why he uh, left Cheryl all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah, two plus two is four, and he just said, "I'm fucking done with this. I have had enough." Yeah. Although a good thing, a good thing that happens when players talk, um, there's a really good thing. Uh, have you ever heard, um, fucking Cannavaro Bobo TV? This is another. No. Uh, no. Can of Bobo Cannavaro Fabio. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he's had. Um, he's taken the the lockdown time to do his own kind of like. Uh, podcast chat where he gets other players on fantastic but um, he gets fucking like he gets some serious fucking players on to like chat away mm-hmm. um, so basically it's basically just him just talking shite with other players and because he's so respected so like he's got people like he's got like Mancini on he's got Alessandro Nesta on oh. Um so I was like, yeah, like Cannavaro and Nesta on the one podcast. It's like, oh, fuck. Now, it's all in Italian. Unfortunately. <laughs> all that foreign language. Well, uh, Alessandro, thank you for joining me here on the Cannavaro podcast. It's in, it's in, yeah, it's in foreign. <laughs> um, so uh, he also gets like Ronaldo as well and all on. But um, I, I got to read this out for you now. He, one of the ones, it was translated by uh, some very kind person on The Athletic. And he got, I think this counts as Neil's story time for this week, by the way. Just sorry, so new, our new got, segment that he got, I don't have he a got on, for. He got on Mario Balotelli. Oh. 
and he asked, <laughs> he asked Mario Balotelli what a week would be like, an average week would be like, if Balotelli was the coach of the team. So do you want to see what a, a training regime would be done out by Mario Balotelli? Not exactly. So 40 minutes of trying to get your bib on. <laughs> Can we do it in the form of a Craig David song? All right. And also, by the way, uh, like the, the, the captions for this um, translation are hilarious because by the end of it, he's, he's actually nearly killed Cannavaro with laughter because it's so ridiculous. So he says, right, Cannavaro goes, what would your average week be like if you were a coach? So Balotelli says, Monday off. If you play Sunday, Monday off. Tuesday, you come back in, work a bit in the gym, stretching, possession drills. And he goes, bigger tight spaces. He went, he means a Torello, a Rondo. So a Torello for a warm-up, some possession drills, tight spaces, divide them up into four teams and just do possession drills and small spaces. And that's pretty much it for Tuesday. So at this, part, <laughs> at this point, Cannavaro's just pissing himself laughing. He's like, this is ridiculous. So uh, Balotelli stops. He goes, well, what else did I have in mind for a Tuesday? And Cannavaro's like, look, Mario, you've got to get some running in. Tuesday's important. You have to have some running. Tuesday's important. Balotelli said, six minutes of shuttle runs. That's it. <laughs> so Cannavaro's just pacing himself laughing. He's like, that's nothing, Mario. Come on, leave it out. But it's a Tuesday. He goes, <laughs> Cannavaro's correcting. This is all hypothetical. And Cannavaro's like, this is so ridiculous. I must correct him. <laughs> so Cannavaro's go, no, do two sets of eight at least. And then Balotelli's like, Wednesday, do a gym session, but no double sessions. Never any double sessions. And the caption after that is literally, Cannavaro is close to rolling around on the floor laughing. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a letter to Father Christmas. And then uh, Balotelli ends the whole thing with a brilliant quote, which is, I don't know where we'd be in the table, but the team would be happy. <laughs> And, that, and, and isn't that what all that matters in the end, kids? That's all he's. That's all he's done. Like you know, Monday off. I would love to see Mario Balotelli being managed by uh, George Graham. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Actually, no. Who would be the best manager for Balotelli? Fuck, that's a good. That's a good question. Now I'm thinking Pulis. He'd be great, mm. crack, wouldn't he? Beating the shit out of him every. No, actually, no. Fergie. <laughs> Fergie's a good show for Balotelli, isn't it? Just yeah, the the one agreement is that you have to play him. Like <laughs> you have to use him. But um, um, in all fairness, look up some of the the translations of the the Bobo. I'm definitely gonna have to look that up mm. later. It, There's a great one of uh, uh, Alessandro Nesta saying that he he once they when he was at Milan, Pirlo and him were playing PlayStation for so long that <laughs> when they went down to dinner. Nesta went to pick up a plate and uh, dropped it immediately. Oh, look at this. Somebody else is picking up a plate. <laughs> Did you get just... Let the record show... Let the record show that Burkbots has been handed tea and biscuits live on a fucking liquid football podcast. Oh. <laughs> you peasants. Do not ever say that you are not spoiled on this channel ever again. <laughs> Holy shit, like... Hang on, she, she's to finish her beer first. Mm -hmm. can't dunk biscuits in my can yes no that's true but uh, there's a funny one where Nest apparently picked up a plate because he'd been playing playstation for so long the tendon in his wrist gave way and he dropped it immediately 
<laughs> Excellent. But there's Bizarre sporting injuries. Yeah, there's a great one with Cassano when they're talking about Ronaldo, like oh, Brazilian Cassano. Ronaldo. And uh, yeah, so yeah, exactly. Cannavaro and Cassano talking about playing against Ronaldo. So you can imagine that fucking conversation. Yeah. Um, and it was when they first met him. It was the Italy, uh, 97, when they played uh, Italy v Brazil. So it was that three all. You know, fucking crazy ass man. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently. Um, I don't think I was alive back then. <laughs> but they're talking about uh, Cannavaro's talking about Mal- how uh, Cesar Maldini went up to him. It's like, oh, let's see if this prick's all he's shaped up to be, you know? Let's see if he's a uh, phenomeno. And apparently, mm. like, after the game, they were like, yeah, like, he's he's so good. And Cassano, Cassano just gushes all over him. Like, he's just like, Bobo, he was so, it was embarrassing how good he was. Like, he, he had the worst knee injuries you've ever seen and still managed to score more than 600 goals. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, but it, 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 that's a really good one. If you can pick up any of the translations from Bobo TV, all the ones I've got now are fucking weeks old, but, um, yeah, that's just a crazy one. That was a lovely story time. That was a lovely story um, time. <laughs> I'll just jump in and say um, Scotty Talks had that kind of similar vibe of Alex Scott interviewing former yeah. teammates or just former footballers that she might have played against. And uh, some of the stories you get from uh, back in the day where they're kind of not, you know, they're not afraid to kind of talk out about, you know, different Phil Neville stories. Um, <laughs> but he basically calls Karen Kearney, who is one of the greatest midfielders England has produced, men or women, to retire because she wasn't arse putting up with him. Um, and Alex yeah. Scott, uh, one of the best left backs. I know a lot of people, sorry, right backs, um, a lot of people kind of, because Lucy Bronze is the, the it girl at the minute as of right backs in the world. Um, Alex Scott in her prime was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, Scott, she was brilliant. She was fucking brilliant. Um, uh, and kind of Lucy Bronze has said that she based her game off Alex Scott, mm. um, you know, which kind of says a lot. But yeah, she she retired from England because of Phil Neville. So like... It just shows you, like, what an impact that man has had in, in English football. And, again, another plug for my uh, cod there. <laughs> Speaking of yeah. cods, thank you for bringing us back to the, to the centre there. Um, we have a handout of cods for this week. Uh, I think I might start off, and I think uh, I'm going to go for the FA here. Uh, primarily because, like, yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with, like, they sh- if they're going to run the men's game, you might as well. Like, you've got nothing to lose to run the women's game it, either. It helps change in comparison to, like, you know, the putting on the men's game. Precisely. And as I said, like, the, the, the logic they use to keep the men's game going should have actually worked just as well for the women's. And solely because they didn't just shows how, like, completely inept they are. Um, not even inept, it's just ignorant, really, um, and just kind of negligent at doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is to promote all types of football in England, not just men's. And yeah. the sad part is now that they have, because everything has collapsed in that sense, they have no reason to even build back up women's football. They'll just go, like, oh, people just want the Premier League back again. It's not as if like they want other types of sport that's on now. you know. So, yeah, it, it's kind of like... They, they can't really control their own beast now at this stage. It's, if the Premier League goes bust, they literally have nothing else, you know. Yeah. So, um, what about yourself, Burke? What which way are you swaying? I I I got equally incensed uh, reading the Cashley Cole interview 
Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with the Manchester United thing because it it is just so ridiculous and petty and like everything you'd expect from a Manchester United fan, but not necessarily from the club. Yes, <laughs> and their legal team uh, as well. Uh, that means, Neil, you are the deciding vote. I have a feeling with you know which way you're going to be swayed, but uh, perhaps but our stories have swayed you. Kind of got to have to go with the FA. I mean, the thing about the decision is that it'd be bad enough if um, every other, if most of the other leagues didn't do it. Like yeah. if every other league did the same thing they did and sacked off the women's um, sport. You know, it still wouldn't make it good. But the fact that other leagues haven't done that. Mm. And that they've basically kept it on, kept it going, and basically made a mockery of them. So, yeah, it, it's just it's it's terrible. Yeah, so, yeah, so do it. yeah. A rifle cut, uh, I think it's fair to say. I think is, is that no Barcelona got it last week. I was trying to think think uh, who got it last week, but yeah, rifle uh, winners there as well. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm gonna put still in the shits, Yeah, I'm gonna think my cut is gonna be perpetually. Switching between Phil Neville and the English <laughs> FA. <laughs> and the FAI. But actually, yeah. the FAI this week actually did some good things. So I, like, I can't even give out about that. Yeah, it, it's but weird now having, to, having someone in charge now, isn't it? That isn't they actually doing... copied our idea of creating the all-time 11. Um, for but they're doing it for the men's and the women's team, and it is both. Oh, oh man, me and, me and Rean were fucking spitting feathers over the all our all like all the time fucking Ireland 11 like and I wouldn't mind like it literally if they waited a week we would have had it out first but they yeah. clearly on our discord like it's just fucking disgraceful really um, this collective conscious nonsense happening you know absolutely um, we need to start copywriting shit man I'm telling you I'm telling you look, we, you know we just have to get the word out here it's like lads we did this first you cannot do this right <laughs> don't care who be, how big you are I don't care if you're RTE or fucking China it doesn't matter we got there first right fucking put the flag down um, so that's our cards done. Uh, yeah. We've reached the end of our podcast. Do we have any other business before we we, we clock off for another week? As anything, I any think we've questions? gone to. Uh, unless you want me to go into another hour long rant of the level of the English FA, I think we should just call it. Oh, no, do you have another hour saved up? Um, oh, of course, course, yeah. of course she does. Like that goes out saying really. Um, Stupid answer, it gets a stupid question. Absolutely. Know. That's like asking the wolf, could he blow over another fucking little pig's house? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we um, might do like I'm a special. Not, I am very happy now to see that the transfer termites have come right out of the woodwork and are mm. going for Arsenal in a big way. It is <laughs> great to fucking see. We have been linked with fucking everyone. In fact, even Sky Sports aren't even bothered. <laughs> even Sky Sports. Sky Sports actually just did a list of all of the players that are linked coming into Arsenal. And I went off for two full screens. Mm. I had to scroll down twice. And I'm going, the fuck is this? Um, but, um, like, again, we don't know where this money is coming from. Um, <laughs> and then you've got the likes of the, the David Luiz story, which is uh, when he was announced under Unai oh, Emery yeah. last year, he was announced as a two-year signing for eight million, but oh. now it's been revealed that uh, it it's actually just a year plus an option of another year, and it is unclear whether he will take up that option. 
which makes him an extremely expensive 34-year-old centre-back that we bought mm. last minute. Fuck you, Uday Emery. Yeah. Oh, he's another one that could have been a cod because there's a great one interview one just for him. That. So that's because yeah. like it, we they reckon that maybe Louise maybe set us back fifteen million for that one year. Oof, that's it was it was eight million. Agent. It was eight million for his fee. Reckon about two million for the agent because he's a prick, and then he was on a hundred grand a week. So that would have been about and all of the goals he cost us. Um, yeah. So yeah, five point two. So yeah, so so fifteen million quid for the defender who. Gave away three penalties and got himself sent off once. <laughs> so, it's a curious question I was going to ask is because obviously with, look, Luis is going, right? Presumably. Yeah. Because I, I don't think you have any reason to hold him now since you, your defenders are more or less back fit. Well, like, we'll famous, we famous last words, I know. But, in, all um, fairness, going, in all fairness, we're going into this next season um, of the next season potentially starting off with eight fucking centre-backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of which are Arteta's, like, you know, choice. Yeah. I think Arteta is big on Sara, Suara, Suara, Cedric Suarez, however you pronounce his fucking name. Cedric Suarez. Cedric just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cedric. Fuck it. I can mm. pronounce that. Oh, Cedric and Pablo Mari. So apparently he's mm. big on them and has basically stated to the club, look, make them permanent. Um, mm. I think they will. I, to be honest with you, I reckon they will. Uh, Cedric, will be free. And, yeah, because he's out of contract. Yeah, and Mary, I think the clause to make his deal permanent, I think is somewhere in the region of like six million. I heard eight million, but yeah, I think it's around that region because there's a buyout from Man City back in the day. Yeah, it's a pocket change, basically. Mm. And he's big on Mary because Mary's the left, uh, the, the left-footed centre-back that he always wanted yeah. Um, and let's not forget you have Saliba uh, waiting the wings as well so we've so, got, yeah we've got Saliba coming in mm. um, still have Chambers so I reckon we've only two out of our centre-backs we've got three of them going into one, the last year of the contract so that's Louise Socrates and Mustafi finally mm. the last ah. year of the <laughs> finally yeah exactly so <laughs> It, it, it's a fucking cause for celebration, lads. So I think we'll probably look to set, try and get rid of all. I will do the Mustafi dance when he leaves. I do <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Put on your OnlyFans to get a few clicks on that one. Yeah. Vomiting onto my fucking mouse doesn't count as a click, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like we're 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 looking at that. So we're looking at going in pretty well stocked in the centre back uh, mm. thing. So we're, yeah, eight, three potentially going out. Yeah. Apparently, we're going to be listening to offers for holding. Yeah. And I don't. Uh, I like him. He actually goes out and supports the women's team. I, 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 think, I like. Holding. I think it'd be very unfair to let get rid of holding. Like, I don't think it does seem like. A... I don't think holding's going at all. No. Um. No, I, I just I really really yeah. don't. It's like you probably could get someone to buy him, whereas you can't get anyone to buy Mustafi, and I think that's mm. probably where that's coming from. This so is true, yeah. That's what, that's what I reckon is going to do. I reckon Louise is going to go so along with Socrates and Mustafi if we can get rid of them. Cool. Uh, I suppose from a Liverpool point of view, 
we do have like it's it's also kind the the transfer business was kind of like it's all Timo Werner is like the, the, the other people are like being spoken about, but the one making the headline is Werner because there's been this weird kind of like will they won't they situation where like. Werner has the supposed release clause in the contract. Yeah, don't you have like about a week to activate that? Um, we have a month apparently to, to activate it. Right. Apparently. Now, the, 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 reason, the reason we're saying it's a month is that apparently Leipzig has given us first choice, basically, because Werner has stated he wants to go to Liverpool. That's his choice. And that's been so, so further like extended because the Inter Milan CEO uh, was asked about, they've been linked with Werner, and they've said, we don't have a chance against him, he's going to Liverpool. Which is a very like it, it, it's odd for like a team like Inter to say that, considering that like obviously they're going to be on the striker hunt because of Lateral Martinez on the move and uh, a few other like I think they were linked with Zlatan as well. So uh, it, it's all those kind of stuff that's going that's going around. So it's all been Werner mostly uh, because of the release clause. If we if we don't like buy him now, we'll have to buy him for like eighty million next uh, month after. But supposedly he's available for fifty three, which I'm sure Burkball will attest to after watching him in the Bundesliga could very well be a bargain. Um, yeah, especially yeah, for his age. Yeah. I didn't want to say earlier on when you asked mm. me who has stood out. I didn't want to say him because I just knew this whole gush of oh Liverpool are going to buy him is going to come up. So I didn't understand it. Well, here's the thing: is I don't know if we are because like the the logic is that that we're going to change if we are to buy him, we kind of have to change our formation to suit him. Whereas, like, it's kind of a case of, like, do you fix what's not really broken at the minute? Like, we are winning the league with a certain style and certain system. Why well, can't they in a front three? It's not that the front three. It's because you're getting rid of Firmino. That's the issue. So the, the problem is that, like, you either play Firmino or Werner, or what you do is you switch it to a front four, where you have Firmino playing in the pocket behind uh, Werner, which is not, not, nothing wrong with that, of course. Um, there's also a logic that perhaps it would be Werner and uh, Firmino as a two, and then it'd be Mane and like Salah playing as kind of like part of the midfield. But either way, like both of them look very like like real kind of square peg situations, really. Um, so in a way, like you can't really see where he fits in, you know, like because our, our our current setup is very much for wide players. Like it, it, anyone like in that mold suits that team right now. And at the same time, then the other guy we're linked with is Kai Havertz. Who is this fucking wonderkind? Like the kid is is, is he yeah. is also the goal is the, the yeah. goal he scored the goal he scored today was wonderful. Yeah, and the fact Again, is, like, just as soon as I second turn the thing off, yeah. it, to it, focus it's a, on this podcast. <laughs> Your dedication astounds us all, Bergwald. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, he's six foot two. He's only twenty one, and he's got all the skills. He take, he's set piece master, free kick master, great playmaker. But again, it's the same issue. Like we'd have to then kind of go into a Coutinho like midfield where the ball has to go through him. Not necessarily a bad thing because, as we've seen in certain games, having a playmaker really does fucking help sometimes when you're going up against teams that are parking the bus against us. So we will need a player like that. Whether we fork it out for the, for a player like that or try and like make something out of Minamino or uh, Oxley Chamberlain or someone like that, that's where we have to decide. Um, but it's like Did it's kind of, get rid of Oxley Chamberlain now. No, no, Ox is in the team, hands down. Yeah, like the, the, in terms of goings out, I was about to mention uh, the one that is going out more than likely is Shakiri, which is such a shame because it, it, it should have worked out a little bit better for him, but it's just the injuries kind of kept piling up. And Aroma. 
Yeah, and it's a shame really because like when he is playing, he does really put a fucking shift in for us, and it's it's sad to see like it, it didn't really like pan out for him. He's playing; he was always going to play second fiddle to someone like Mane or Salah anyway. But like when he's in on a sub as an impact player, that's when you want to see him play, and he just didn't quite get there. Supposedly, he is one of the major signings Newcastle want post takeover. I was about to jump in with that. Yeah, and let me just say, Shakiri in a Newcastle jersey with the Frog Prince and St. Baxman. Oh, my heart's beating already at the prospect of it. Like, And all of them <laughs> are lumping balls forward to Andy Carroll. Like, that's... Come on, tell me that's not beautiful. <laughs> tell me that's not beautiful. That's like, so many even on the fucking... <laughs> I, I was listening to the Offside podcast, uh, Offside Rule podcast today, uh, where they were making a Frankenstein's footballer. Mm. So they picked different parts of the body to... Um, create the current players so when it came to the head like which which you know good head would you have <laughs> and the winning vote was Andy Carroll and then the logic fair, was yeah. it's probably the only part that's not constantly injured and then there was a pause yeah yeah pretty much like uninjured <laughs> in fairness uh, like if you're going to take any head Andy Carroll's a fucking great show that man was a Brit was he's a brilliant header of the ball like when he, when he was in his prime. was also one of the options, though, as well. Mm. And I probably would have gone with that. I would have gone and for... Uh, everything else, Giroud. I, <laughs> I, in fairness, Giroud would, would have been a good show for Heather as well. No, um, no. Just for the face. Like all, all, of, all of Giroud. <laughs> is, she, is she frozen or is she just... Ah, uh, she's just... Leave her. <laughs> her camera's fogged up here. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, um, and her glasses. Yeah. Uh, Incidentally, we've got, if, we're, if we're still interested in Liverpool goings out, uh, we have a new, actually, arrival coming back from loan. Uh, Loris Karius is back at the club. Uh, yes. Uh, his, uh, his loan at Bajitas was terminated. Um, oh, they wouldn't pay him. They wouldn't pay him, and they haven't been paying him for the last while. Uh, <laughs> they've been giving out about his performances, even though they have actually been playing him still. Uh, so, don't ask me. Uh, but yeah, he oh, he's been back at the club crazy. for the last. Yeah, it's weird. Like, so he's been back at the club for the last two weeks. I don't know. I think he's still quarantined because it's of the like that, in Turkey. What you should do is what um, like Livingston did up in Scotland, which is hmm. put whether to renew their goalkeeper's contract up to a Twitter poll. <laughs> I think I know uh, which way that's going to go. Yeah, but like that just makes it. You know, look, it's not us. It's not our decision. Look, the people voted. <laughs> blame Liverpool Twitter, right? They're the ones to blame. Like the Reddit post said, no. And who are we to disagree with Reddit? You know, they're the ones to make the memes. We have no say. We were getting over to replace them a lot better, and it's just a brick hanging off the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, that brick has a name. It's Andy Lonergan. Get it right. Uh, um, but no, apparently Carius already has a deal in place because his contract's up this year as well, and he's off to Hertha Berlin apparently. So I think I don't know if he's. I don't think he's actually don't ruin in, them. They're actually decent to watch. <laughs> I know, but they're the ones that want them. They're they're scared of them. They 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 think they can make something out of them. They are wrong. They are wrong. They are absolutely <laughs> wrong. Like I I feel bad for Hertha Berlin because they're gonna take their star midfielder and give them Carius, like. That's that's harsh on them, but hey, it's it's their money. Who are we to disagree? Um, is anyone else going out? Like Lalana's off to Leicester apparently, uh, but that's not that's all been kind of like up in the air. 
Uh, Milner hasn't signed his contract yet either, which is odd because he's got about a month left to do that. I think he's going. He's, he's waiting for the correct end to come in the post. This fucking same thing. Like it's, it, it, I can see where he's coming from, but like, get a move on, James. Like we need you. <laughs> we need the, We need the banter, or else this team just falls apart without him. Um, and that's pretty much yeah. it. Oh yeah, Klein, Klein's going to be going as well, but that's not really news at this rate. Uh, Actually, our main problem is actually going to try and recruit another right back. Uh, they, they are pinning their hopes on Neko Williams, but whether you want to have someone more senior in that role, I, I'd rather have a, a grown-up right back in case Trent, uh, you know, gets an injury or something. So, but yeah, that's that's just kind of my view. Uh, yeah, it's mad. Uh, of... We might be we might be in for another left back, um, mm. given that like Tierney's back now and Kalasanac's tank is blowing hot and cold. Yeah. He's also quite injury prone, despite the fact that he's, you know, one of the most heavily built players around. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a good one. There's two of them are in the pipeline apparently. One is um Katie McCabe. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish. Solid sign that would be in fairness. Oh um, my god. Yeah, I fucking wish. Um also one of them one of them is um Kurzawa from PSG. Because he's free, he's going to be free in the summer. Yeah, that'd be a decent deal. And uh, but the other one is uh, Taglifico from Ajax. Oh, he's a he'd be a much better show. Yeah, he's, he's a proper he's defender. He's available for twenty million. I was like, that's yeah. a fucking show. Yeah, no, he'd be he'd be a good show. Yeah, so there's that one as well. But yeah, there's um, apparently there's not <laughs> according to the club, there's not a whole lot going on. Transfer wise, but according mm. to literally everybody else, there's boatloads. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all of this excitement to get us excited just to ruin our hopes, and we re signed David Louise on the last day of the fucking. Absolutely. I I do, a, do a Leeds United on it. Uh, yeah, this, they, this they, all led. Yeah, this <laughs> all led. It's, this is like the whole Saka thing, like whether or not he'll sign or not. It was yeah. the best tweet I've ever read, the funniest tweet I've read in the last couple of months, which is. If, if this isn't what we think it is, this will be just up. This will be up there with that time that uh, Leeds United told all their fans, "Oh, don't go to bed on transfer deadline day," and then just wound up selling like a couple of players. They sold. <laughs> they sold fucking their captain Ross McCormick. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's uh, that's if it's any reason, lads, like honestly, like that, that is a case for them to get back in the Premier League because they are going to be so much fun. Like, honestly, can you not tell me that a Bielsa Leeds United back in the Premier League oh, no, a year after I pandemic? Would... Oh, that yeah. would be beautiful. It's, it's the comedy we need. Yeah, exactly. It's it's comic relief. Oh, holy shit. Argentine man sits on bucket while team sets itself on fire. You oh, okay, it. Then. Apparently, uh, fucking uh, Icardi has agreed to go to PSG permanently. Yes, I think I thought I saw it pop up there. Um, I literally just came in there, fifty-one million quid. That is a solid deal for PSG. That is brilliant. <laughs> well, and I, look here, man. I bet you that fifty-one million quid that won't stop him from being linked with Arsenal. Oh, sorry. I thought, I thought you were going to say with linked with like Maxi Lopez's wife, which is technically correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but who isn't now? Who isn't now? Even Burkbot's been linked with her. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> to, to be fair, she. To be fair, though, she was very aggressive. Um, she, was, she was quite aggressive. She was quite uh, aggressive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that just popped in there. Jesus. Yeah. How about that? Some some live transfer news dropping live on this podcast. Even though this will be coming out tomorrow. And I, <laughs> I love when that happens. Uh, it's like that drunken deadline day special we did. Uh, oh my so god. Yeah, 
Remember that? Yeah, that, that. Was, that was your idea. <laughs> you drank a whole lot of gin and thought that was a good idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. You actually tried Oh, my to- God. I'm just having flashbacks now. I completely forgot I'd even done that. Yeah, you tried to sink your old body weight in gin. That was hilarious. This is how we're going to sign off podcast from now on is the memories of the past, like, fucking 20 episodes or <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, can you just fade in, like, cuts from that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I swear I got to sign everyone. Yeah. <laughs> we, did, like, we, 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 did, we tried to do, like, club by club, but we couldn't get our sky like, box. Wait, 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 wait. Which one is Wofford? <laughs> That wasn't even you on gin. That's you every single podcast. I know. I know. Like that's not even that's not that's beyond parody at this rate. Also, that's yes, just... not an act as well. No, <laughs> genuinely cannot tell the difference. Do you know? I I rewatched the Watford or, or re-listened to the Watford or Wolves. And yes. Yeah, got all wrong. Of course you did. <laughs> of course you fucking did. Worse. Anyway. Embarrassing. I'm also reminded of the uh, four-hour Christmas special we did because you know, we had the temerity to open a bottle of wine. That was a that was a oh, good idea at the time, wasn't that, it? Uh, that wine was unreal, though. Yeah, yeah, we we fully endorse fat bastard lads. Uh, is there any takeaway from this? Oh, whoa, good question. Uh, <laughs> can't remember. <laughs> Dennis, Jenny, Dennis, can't, no. I genuinely can't remember. That was a long time ago, and wine does things to my short-term memory. Um, so yeah, uh, that was fun. That was fun, yeah. Um, so when we that was that has been another episode of Liquid Football. We'll be back in a certain number of weeks when it's time for the Premier League. I'm sure we might just like do a podcast when there is news, as opposed to doing it every two weeks because. What well, do we uh, do next week as a kind of like a preview? Kind of like yes. Run into the matches and then we'll actually discuss. I will relearn which one is Watford and which one is Wolves in time for next. Week. And we will quiz you on that uh, <laughs> to see if you've been doing your homework or not. See, it's not nice when you're. It's always nice when you're the pupil, Bert. But is it? No, it's not nice at all, is it? No. Yeah. I'm on my summer holidays. I don't want to have to use my brain. <laughs> serious there. You're actually going to try and do that. You've been trying. You have literally been trying this for years. Actual I know. years. I thought I used like hypnosis or something. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, of course. Like, cause, uh, oh, wait a minute. Now, because we're not in a room, right, together, you can just like have two post it notes above the screen. I'll just have Nordy, like, furiously typing in the background, like, Wolves player A, Troy Deeney, Watford. <laughs> in brackets, cojones. <laughs> 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 Uh, I do love like obviously the, the the audio is lost on this, but every time we say Tro- uh, Troy Diddy, we're automatically doing an elbow drop from the top rope here. It's just like oh, your form. I don't is, know what I'm doing. I don't. I no, don't know I was about that. to say your form is atrocious there, Bart. But you don't go straight with the elbow. It's side. You have to... I, I like I said. I've been doing I'll, I'll show you tomorrow. Thing. I'll show you tomorrow. It's grand. I'll, we'll, <laughs> it, we'll, work, we'll work it. We'll do a seminar. Um, in that case, guys, we will uh, see you in a couple of in two weeks when the Premier League is about to come back and we have to like run down what's going to happen and uh, all the other various stories because there's a lot of news somewhere happening, but not in football. Um, so in that case, lads, uh, I've been Jonathan. That's been Neil. That's been Bert Bob. And all of that... <laughs> and all of that has been liquid... Ace of Ter- fuck, has been liquid football. See you later. Woo!